Hello, and welcome back to episode three of the Transatlantic Theater, the podcast, the 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 everything you love. Uh, you're I'm I'm Oscar Reese Freeman, co-host of of the podcast, and I'm joined by the other co-host. Uh, yes, hi, hello. Uh, this is Marcos, <laughs> and I'm gonna stop giving my last name or or my middle name. I don't think I ever gave my middle name, but. No, you, I'm, I'm gonna stop I giving my last name. It just feels a little awkward every time I say it. I just, I, yeah, it does hey, feel a little weird. I'm Marcos. Every time. Welcome yeah. to episode three. Thanks for listening this far. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I'm the problem with me is that like, so as you discovered this last week when we were playing some games online, mm-hmm. uh, I I have a name that people call me by in the states, and I have a name that people call me by over here in the UK. So one of my problems. And the reason I started saying my full name at the beginning of this is that I don't really know which one to to give at this point. Just uh, so I just, just and I don't want to say uh... Oscar Reese. Oh yeah, because yeah. that just sounds weird. So I'm like, well, I'll just do the full name. So I'll just go by my full name as opposed to, because then I'll get the fucking like if I send this to somebody, uh, like who I know in the UK, they'll be like, uh, why? Like if I was like, oh hi, I'm Reese, they'll be like, but your name's Oscar. And then if I like, you know, tell them. Yeah, if I if I send this to people in the states, people will be like, "Oh, why are you going by Oscar instead of Reese?" Um, <laughs> which will be just my brother saying that. Um, yeah, so I mean, go by like whatever that. you want. You call yourself yeah. Oscar, Oz, Reese, O R. You know, yeah, yeah, O R. <laughs> the big O. Okay, maybe not that one. That's kind of that kind of means something else, but you know, what does the big O mean? The big Other O, like orgasm. Yeah, I see guess. now you understand. Okay. Yeah, well, it's not that I understood. I just took a good guess. <laughs> nope, that's that's what it means typically. Yeah. Like, show me your O face. Well, we're not doing video, so I can't. God damn it! Not now, Marcos. Jeez. <laughs> I wish I could see it right now. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah, so that's why I give my full name. I still don't know. I'll figure it out next week when we try and do another one. I'll be like. It'll just probably be one of the situations where I'll, I'll think about it too much, and then we'll get to recording, I'll still say my full name. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought about it, like, this whole fucking week, because I was thinking to myself, like, this it, feels weird. It's like, now people are going to go and, and, like, if anybody is fucking watching this who doesn't know me personally, <laughs> uh, they're going to hey, go man, and look 17 me up, views. <laughs> and now I'm going to have to be like, oh, hey, and have an awkward discussion with them. I'd rather just be like, oh, here's my first name. Yeah, I mean, but... At the same time, are we gonna are we gonna link to things of our personal stuff anyway? You're right. You're right. Also, I have been told uh, mm. by people who have tried to look me up on Facebook, and they have all said there's like a million Marcos Rodriguez's. Yeah. <laughs> Marcos Rodriguez is a pretty difficult one to try and find. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That I don't know, but I've, I've Reese Reese Freeman surprisingly kind of difficult to try and look up. Um, yeah, yeah, it I don't is. Know about uh, Freeman, I, I found a ton of you know R E E S E Freemans, mm-hmm. but not yeah. not your spelling. I found a few, uh, quite a lot of Reese Freemans, or yeah, not not necessarily Freemans always, but like there's. I mean, it's a, it's a very popular name here. Yeah. Uh, hey, what's that like, man? It, I mean, your life must be pretty interesting, being you know related to Morgan Freeman and all that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's it What's it like having a mess well, like you know, your, your close relative? When your cousin is God. You know, <laughs> just... yeah, and my dad always used to call him that cousin Freeman. 
cousin Freeman. Or cousin Morgan. Cousin Morgan. Cousin Morgan. Um, yeah. <laughs> Your dad really didn't no, say that. My my nephew still has that photo um, of him with the Star of Fame. Oh like, fuck, in, that's right. Or, or no, is, that is Morgan. <laughs> oh, I thought that's what you were talking about. <laughs> I completely forgot, dude. Yeah, yeah my nephew's my ne- I have a nephew named I think his middle name is actually Reese as well. So Morgan Reese Freeman. Oh well then. I guess we have another Reese I, in the family. Well, it's just a common Welsh name, isn't it? Well, I didn't think it would be so common it would happen in the same family. <laughs> Mexicans well, hate I mean, that so shit. do you want to hear the, the funny thing that um, I can't wait for? So my, my nephew, Harry, um, I want to see what he'll do when he has a kid because we'll find out. So my dad's name, Peter Anthony Freeman. And then he was like, oh, I'll – so my brother, Hugh – he was like, oh, I'm going to name him Peter Hugh Freeman. And then Hugh was like, I have a kid. I'm going to do the same. I want to name him after me, but also, I guess, after my, my father. So he's Harry Peter Hugh Freeman. Jesus. <laughs> so I was just like, Are, is Harry just going to have a kid? And he's like, let's just give him five names. <laughs> well, you know those Mexican names, like the full-length yeah, yeah. Mexican names where they're like, uh, the person's name of the daughter of of the daughter of yeah the, you know the the, the mom and the yeah, dad that's, or whatever. it's a it's a mexican tradition thing to like your additional surnames are matrilineal essentially yeah 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 and it's very well i mean actually you could say it out of both the mother and the father uh i think the mm-hmm. father would come first i don't know it's been a long time but um essentially it's to pay respects to your parents you know what i mean it's yeah. a very respectful way to have it done for example a lot of times they won't have their names like that typically but on uh important documentation such as like college degrees or like something like that they like to have the full name of their parents as well uh to um just like show proper respects you know yeah it's not super common over here but you'll still see some some people with family name like surnames that are this but they're um in in welsh you'd say up something or which is like you know, son of this person. So, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be uh, Risa Peter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like... Uh, yeah, there's a weird way to say Peter in, in Welsh, and it's it's weird. I think it might just be Peter, but... You know, it's, it might just be Peter, but spelled really odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right now, dude, I got my... my just the loosest of tea leaves uh, brewing right now, I guess you can call it my little infuser can't wait to drink that shit up it's gonna be nice my voice will be very quickly yeah uh peter in welsh is still peter essentially peter but it's p-e-d-r peter oh so it's peter yeah instead of peter (laughs) yeah but yeah yeah (laughs) it's a weird one (laughs) so why doesn't your dad spell it that way then huh uh because my grandfather was from nottingham so oh so he didn't believe in that well, I think that's why, because I mean, all my uncles have very, like, in reality, a lot of very, very English names. So my dad's Peter, Anthony, Anthony, though, we're not Italian or anything. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, my my other uncle, Charles Edward, <laughs> and uh, Timothy, Christopher, um, yeah, like, there's just, or no, sorry, Edward christopher christopher edward something like that yeah so my uncle chris my uncle timothy and my uncle richard they're all like like three of the two of those are are all like you know 
fucking king names. So yeah, it's very very English names. Yeah, yeah, they are. And yet, and yet, he was married to a woman named Dillis, who's like was Dillis. super Welsh. Yes. Wow. I'd never heard a name like that before. It's a Welsh name. It's not. Yeah. I'd say as common here now. No, uh, I mean like the closest thing I've heard to that is like Phyllis. <laughs> Phyllis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if anybody's an Office fan. <laughs> yeah, the weirdest. I think the it's not weird, but it's definitely like a okay then, um, and a, apparently this was supposed to be my sister's name, but then uh, my grandfather didn't know how to spell it, so he didn't put it down on the birth certificate. Um, <laughs> is Angharad. That is that is strange. Yeah. Well then, it's it's a it's a, I think it's honestly a cool name, but it's definitely like the weirdest one where I've gone. That's a weird one. <laughs> Can you? Yeah, that's that's weird. It almost sounds like it's. I, I don't know. To me, it yeah. sounds. Unharad. Kind of, un, un, wait, say that again. Unharad. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll send you the spelling later, and then you'll just probably still be confused. Dude, the spelling will do nothing but confuse <laughs> yeah, me. Don't even bother. <laughs> Welsh spelling is interesting, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of. Yeah. We'll do a song. Let's see if you can hear the sound. Did you hear that? Did you hear I that? did. That sounded uh like you were popping a bottle cap to a I did pop a bottle cap with my teeth. Um, <laughs> oh, God damn. That shit just looks painful. It's really not. To pop a bottle I, cap with your teeth? The, the first time I tried popping a bottle cap with my teeth is I'd always obviously heard about people doing it. And I just took, I was taking a, a lighter to like open up my bottle. Mm. And as I pressed the lighter on, I realized essentially, I was, I was like, oh, my brain just clicked on what the lighter is being used for and why the lighter isn't breaking every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went and I just put the lighter down, put the bottle up to my teeth and just the first try. Ow. <laughs> I just can't. Essentially what, what you're doing is you're using your teeth or the lighter as like leverage and you're putting all the pressure on the back part of the bottle. Yeah. And so the bottle is feeling the pressure and that's why the cap comes off. Mm-hmm. So you're fine. If you fuck up, you'll break your teeth, but see, you're fine. <laughs> I'm too afraid of breaking my teeth. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah. If I if I was unsuccessful that first try, I never would have done it again. <laughs> of it was course. Because, it was because my brain said, I think I figured out how this works. I tried it, and my brain was like, congratulations, you do know how it works. Um, and it just I because of that, I've, I've been fine since. <laughs> that, yeah, nope. No yeah. thanks. I'm just gonna use my little Coca-Cola bottle opener over here. <laughs> I got from the Coca-Cola world over in uh, fucking Atlanta, Georgia. In Vegas? Oh, oh in Georgia. No. Okay. Yeah, the the original Coca-Cola world. Is Coca-Cola from Georgia? It's from Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Wow. All right then. Didn't mm-hmm. know. That Learned is something new every day. Where it was invented, where they first put cocaine into it. Yeah. Well, originally it was supposed to be what was it um i i read this uh so i was reading this is gonna really if anybody's listening to this who also listens to the joe rogan podcast they're gonna be like man this guy's just ripping off this whole podcast (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i was reading um this book called fuck uh what was it what's it called it was called fuck it It was called fuck (laughs) no um it was called irresistible Mm-hmm. It was a book that was recommended from the Joe Rogan podcast. It's about addiction. And he's talking about how Coca-Cola was invented. And it was essentially just um, this guy who was trying to wean off morphine. And he found um, 
like and essentially he was making like a, con- a concoction for for his medication to try and wean off morphine and cocaine was one of them and so he put that in that drink and then uh, eventually just started selling it as medicine but then when they you know said cocaine had to come out of it he just made it a normal soft drink huh i didn't know it was uh, for that specific reason i know it was used for technically medicinal purposes uh they used yeah. it uh for pain reasons mm-hmm. uh like usually um like i was i heard it was used in during uh certain war times yeah uh, for soldiers who were in a lot of pain from wounds and all that crap like oh yeah i have an amputated leg here have some coke you know feel a little better because yeah, it was because even then they knew that like More opioids were really yeah uh addictive yeah and then they found cocaine and they're like wow this gives you all this energy makes you feel no pain and for some reason even though those are like the exact same things that would like uh like essentially mimicking the same thing that opioids do except don't make you tired they were like, well, clearly it's not addictive then, <laughs> and we'll just use that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was the reason it came to popularity is because they thought it was going to be like the alternative to morphine to stop mm-hmm. people from getting addicted to that, and then people got really addicted to cocaine, and they were like, oh, maybe we should stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, I learned a lot of stuff that was really interesting, like uh, Coca Cola's first like energy variant just. Basically, all okay. they did was add a shit ton more caffeine, and they were like, "It's an energy drink for sports now." Like that's how it was advertised. It was advertised for yeah. sports. Was, yeah, just but drink all carbonated. this fucking ca- caffeine, man. It's not just the caffeine; it's just the amount of car. I don't want to do sports after I drink carbonation. <laughs> well, the uh, the original wasn't carbonated. Not always. That's true. It yeah. came in just like a little syrupy form, and then you just poured it in. It, then you mixed it with stuff and you can mix it with you know soda water that's true yeah yeah that was all they did basically what's happening every time you go up to that soda machine at like mcdonald's or something that is how it was originally made just syrup and then like carbonation which is why it tastes different than in a can and also a lot better in my opinion you think it tastes better from a can or from the soda machine? from the fountain oh from the fountain yeah yeah yeah, I don't no, know. I don't know. It all depends. Um, it really does depend. I mean, so yeah, I used to... Uh, I, I've noticed that, obviously, from it doing that. And I used to be able to, like, if it was broken, yeah. there were machines that would just, like, give out syrup, and it was great. Oh, God, yeah. Or just straight carbonation. But, or, yeah, uh, just straight soda water. Which, oh. Yeah. So, soda what? here. Yeah. It's not called soda here. Do they call it this pop? This is going to make you... Well, no, they don't even call it pop. It's oh, even worse. God. What are they Are you ready it? to make you yourself like cry and never want to visit I'm, I'm like trying to be like marcos come visit me and you're just like well they say this over there <laughs> what is it what, um, what is it they say fizzy drinks or fizzy, fizzy drinks yeah that sounds like some shit i say when i'm making fun of it yeah no it's not, like li- literally most things in this country are like when did you invent this when you were five because <laughs> this is what the way you describe things is what a five-year-old would say about it and then you just never decided that bigger words were necessary. Um, <laughs> so so they call it fizzy drinks or fizzy pop. Um, and so I went to a – I was doing – this is actually about a year ago. I was doing Sober October. and Sober uh, October? Went, yeah. <laughs> Why Sober October? There's Oktoberfest, man. Well, Oktoberfest is generally in around uh, September or August time, I think, generally. 
nowadays oh. or is it in october i don't know i haven't been to germany for oktoberfest i'd really like to that sounds like fun right yeah it, it that, well yeah <laughs> when is oktoberfest <laughs> in germany fucking, that's such a funny fucking question so oktoberfest in germany starts on the 18th of september and ends on the 3rd of october so it's wow. literally the barely in october yeah so you're just like celebrating october showing up yeah <laughs> i guess <laughs> um but yeah so i was doing sober october last year and i went to this uh, bar uh, with my friends and i was like i'll just get a soda and it's like very loud so i was like just soda please just just soda and she was like oh no problem i got that and she just grabs a glass and just i see you start pouring soda water into <laughs> a glass and i'm just sitting there and i was like i'm not gonna be mad i'm not gonna tell her to remake it i'm just gonna drink it it's your fault you went into a british bar and you just asked for soda because you were just trying to get a quick order and it's not her fault for not understanding she she did it in her mind that was 100 percent the correct thing to do <laughs> so i just drank it very slowly because i fucking hate soda water <laughs> oh god yeah i just can't even imagine i would ask for like some lemon or something at least just to put it in there maybe have some type of really shitty sugarless sprite Maybe. I should have, well, yeah, I was trying not to have as much, um, yeah, I was trying to have something that was just kind of, you know, tasty, but isn't just water. Yeah. Because that's the boring bit, but then I just said water with carbonation in it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, anyway, I'm not doing Sober October this year for a multitude of reasons, mostly just being, this year sucks, so. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking of water carbonated or seltzer water or whatever uh that french movie we watched <laughs> i knew you're gonna try and segue into the french film <laughs> yeah i was like he's gonna try and extrapolate going to this movie somehow yeah. well, didn't he constantly like he kept constantly drinking some kind of weird seltzer water yeah that's what he got every single time yeah. like you know fucking the girl like madeline she would order a yeah. coke and he would yeah. just be like yeah let me get a seltzer well, water while i fucking fail at flipping the cigarette into my mouth yeah well the the whole point of that i think is to show the difference between him where he he drinks kind of simple his own kind of concoction where she drinks commercialized items something that's been sold to her well i mean the whole she doesn't have a drink that she likes that she's come up with he has this very specific thing that he's been like i like this and she's like i like coke because it was sold to me that coke is a good thing well to be you know the fucking obvious motherfucker uh, i don't know what to say uh to quote the most quotable quote out of the entire fucking movie oh yeah uh, we're the children of mark yes and exactly the children mark yeah. and coca-cola yes so yeah i mean that was the general like i don't want to say that was the point of the movie because obviously mm -hmm. it's not the point of the movie but it was definitely yes. like hey look at all this i mean look the pretty much 90 percent of the b-roll of the film was just consumerism yeah i mean so here's the thing with this movie so i hadn't obviously like i said last time i hadn't seen this one i had seen mo i've seen now at this point every movie that he's made before that movie wait you haven't seen this um, one I hadn't seen this one, no. Oh, okay. Now I'm really curious as to what your thoughts are. I, th I thought yeah, perhaps no. you'd seen this one already. All right. Then, no, no. Um... I, I, I was trying to choose a French New Wave film because I was like, I'll just throw one, one of those at Marcos early. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't want to choose one of the ones that I'd seen like a million times. Yeah. Um. So I was like, well, I'll choose one that I hadn't seen yet. 
um uh-huh. so i chose this one because i hadn't seen it but it was still like one on my list for a long time and it's a very famous one of his yeah i, I um, could tell why it was famous you know i mean it, it yeah. seems like a very important film for its time um, yeah but the, the thing that was interesting is i've learned i'd heard so much about like how godard like split up from his wife as well as kind kind of fell out of public eye and and not really public eye but like people were a little bit like when his movies would come out because at some point in the 60s he started becoming far more radically left-wing and his movies became very political oh and i'd never seen that in his movies until really so this is clearly like that kind i think i haven't looked into it too much but it seems like this is probably around that turning point where people were like okay well now you're just making huge political statements and especially considering one of the big problems that i have with this movie is the main character dude is a piece of shit yeah yeah i don't like but, him. in fact i don't like a lot of the male characters in the film but yeah. you know what i i chopped that up to um just uh society at the time you know i mean it was different in how they treated women um and how men behaved it was that was almost no because it felt like it it felt like it was him being a child it didn't feel at all like men it felt like he was a young like young 20 year old who was just um like not as socially aware as an adult should be oh and yeah. he was still like he was just a man child that's all he was yeah he's just a little man child who wasn't getting his way all the time and it made him upset sometimes yeah yeah, um, yeah definitely I but the thing that. that was worrisome or not worrisome but like where i was like i just kind of f- fell out with the movie is so i mean there's uh so i'm trying to figure out how to say this all <laughs> um in a in a movie obviously you have characters who are you know kind of good characters kind of the people that you're supposed to sympathize with people you're not so this guy through the whole movie exhibited kind of just asshole piece of shit behavior Uh um but then when you have your character who's an asshole and a piece of shit who also is like going on about all these left-wing ideas it makes points the movie as if I should be associating this piece of shit with these ideas, as if these left-wing ideas are only espoused by asshole pieces of shit. Um, but then it, because of my understanding of what Godard, you know, thought of at the time, where he really was, in my I think like quite anti-American, quite left-wing, quite communist, um, because he was that had those opinions it makes me more think well does he think the other behavior the guy was doing is also okay and that's fine because in that case then this becomes more just gross and more like just makes me go like ugh. the more i watch like godard films now because you know he you know does it, now i'm just getting a window into his behavior as a person which which i mean i've seen interviews with with him and and obviously his stories where it's like you know it's a it's a french director he generally was kind of pervy just <laughs> yeah and not not the greatest but but at the same time it's not as bad as what this movie is where he's just like a fucking unhinged child like having a tantrum in a fucking cafe so um after watching the movie i like to go uh take a look at some uh you know wikipedia and just mm-hmm. kind of read through the background and the surrounding and everything um, and there was actually in this reception section of it uh, that perfectly, I think, encapsulates this film, um, mm-hmm. because I I wouldn't say this film was bad. I would definitely say it was important. To, um, mm-hmm. I don't. Do I think you have to go out and watch it right this second? No, probably not. <laughs> unless you're like super yeah. into you know political films, uh, 
based in France. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, this one here, it was this uh, review that this guy gave him. His name was Gene Moskowitz. Um, Moskowitz, I mean. Uh, he, he called it naive and knowing, irritating and engaging. And I was like, you know, <laughs> that is exactly how I felt about this film. Yeah. <laughs> because it really was engaging. Like, you kept wanting to watch these characters and kind of do what they're doing. And it did feel very naive, but they're also at the same time learning and they're they're trying to be um politically active which is kind of a mm-hmm. situation we have going on right now in America um you know the 2020 election is that there's a lot of youth who couldn't vote uh in the previous years that are now coming about that age and they can now vote so yeah. they have to start becoming more politically active and then the political activism that's been going on um, in general, in the United States, uh, with the whole, um, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter and all that kind of coming to a mm-hmm. really high point this year, um, it's all over the place. <clears throat> but uh, so the film, I think the reason why the character was acting in such a way, as you say, is because for one, uh, it starts off in the beginning of the film. He talks about how he's a, a he was in the military. Mm-hmm. and his description of it first of all I just gotta say being a veteran and this guy talking about 16 months serving like it was the worst goddamn thing of his life like <laughs> dude 16 months fucking come on but yeah. anyway I mean it was during a time uh, where they kind of forced you into the military because this is the Vietnam era and there was a yeah, lot of people France. against it yeah um, yeah well yeah there's a lot of people against it but this is also France they weren't I don't believe they were involved in Vietnam. But they were involved within a couple hundred years ago. So. Um, <laughs> That's the thing is, there. I felt a little bit like wanting to just be like, listen, it's a it's a lot of talk coming from a Frenchman saying we should we should back out of Vietnam. <laughs> but like, uh, well, what by... were you doing a hundred years ago then, buddy? <laughs> so during that time, though, uh, I believe France was, you know, they're they're still allies to America, so we would obviously have some support from them uh, in terms of government and the. Uh, you know money wise so um i don't know i don't actually know i could imagine um, whenever the united so... states goes into war there's always an impact on global economies so yeah so i i can imagine that that was going on um then of course like the uh all the american influence they were showing on it in it was really interesting um yeah like pop culture i like how in the 60s well. there's still even like interviews of these not like obviously it was a bit of scripted but uh there's still like bits of of people being like oh america's so great i've never been but it's great like <laughs> well that's what they thought yeah uh, and that's i well, guess no, what it's, they it's people not, still think yeah it's not what people thought it's what people still think like it's, yeah it's still what i encounter a lot here like, yeah. oh why would you leave america have you seen have you been to america no it just sounds lovely then why would you fucking <laughs> comment like what's what what's the point of your comment right now <laughs> oh man showing off how ill-informed you are about the world i gotta say um take it back about 10 years yeah america was great (laughs) and then donald trump became president uh yeah then it just kind of became just silly like the whole political system is just silly right now it's so stupid it's like watching a drama tv show it's stupid yeah it's like um i found uh, my friend was telling me today that uh, Joe Biden's like political 
staff or whatever, like his campaign, uh-huh. they started selling fly swatters now after the vice presidential debate. Oh, my God. And I was like, that's funny, but this shouldn't be... No, politics. that should be <laughs> happening by, like, a third-party people. Yeah. Not the exactly. actual political campaign. Yeah. Like, that's just... Come on, now. That's stupid. Yeah, I don't know. Childish, it could, I, as we were saying. Yeah. Man-children. Man-children. That's, and that's what this movie's about, mostly, man-children. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that actor um, is really good. At first, I didn't I like really his acting him. because it was weird, awkward, and it didn't seem like he knew he was trying to express half the time because mm-hmm. they had those long shots. So, for example, let's talk about the bathroom scene where they first start talking. Yeah, what a weird one. <laughs> uh, right? That was such a strange scene. But at the same time, I'm sitting here thinking so <laughs> because I'm not from that time. Uh, yeah. This is a time where you know tvs were big in america yeah but in other countries i have no idea probably not um or they just didn't have the access to them yet um but there was no, of course did. radio and record um yeah we're going yeah uh well yeah i mean they they had it but it's only for the wealthy um if you noticed all the shots in the house there was zero televisions it was just record players that's um, true yeah but anyway um so this is I just chopped it up to this is the time and basically all these awkward conversations they're having are are they really any different from like fuckboys sending messages to girls or uh you know DMs or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it felt exactly like that but happening face to face which was yeah. weird but like I said I chalked it up to just the time I guess the fuckboy is going to be a fuckboy regardless of the generation. <laughs> Uh, Stu was like a hundred percent like a fucking like red pill little fucking like if he if he existed today that character wouldn't even have like uh had a girlfriend he would have been an incel on the internet like saying about how his bone structure is why girls don't like him because he's just not enough of a chad <laughs> <laughs> fucking yeah um yeah because the like okay I understand sometimes girls like it when when they're straightforward but it just seemed to be like that's the norm uh guys just uh talking to girls about their bodies um and the girls for some reason like i don't know being playful about it like that was very strange that's where it it becomes a i don't know if that's the time or if that's because another problem with especially movies back in the past in that sense where you'd be like like a lot of people would say like oh well you'd see movies like girls are fine with it or okay with it it's like but that's just like the male version of what they they wish would happen like they're like why don't when i walk up to a girl and go you have nice tits she just go <laughs> and then they you know get the ability to essentially make a movie and they're right. like well that's what i think should happen so that's what's going to happen in the movie now yeah yeah because that's definitely it, what happened yeah. in that movie <laughs> and then you know you get some poor fucking girls growing up and she's watching this movie and she's like is that how i'm supposed to respond then yeah so then they think that's how they're supposed to respond and then it just becomes a whole cyclical thing yeah no like i said this is the struggle for us not being from that time or knowing anything well Um, that's the thing is i don't think there's these these many problems when you watch his other films um like if you go to his like most famous breathless Mm -hmm. like the girl in there yeah she's a bit playful about it but she's like legitimately like the when michelle is like the guy is like hitting on her all the time she like slaps him and she tells him to fuck off like she's like normal <laughs> yeah she acts like pretty she's like clearly interested but she's being a bit playful but sometimes he does go far and she's like you need to back the fuck off 
Yeah. Um, and like, that's, yeah, that, that, that part's normal. But then you get to this film where it's not like that. And it's like, well, is that, it's not cultural if there's other examples in your other films of people not acting like this. And movies like all of his other movies before this were just kind of a bit more like normal, a bit more like, oh, I can understand this is how people acted at the time more. Yeah. Does he typically try to do uh, romance films? Um, well, <laughs> um, I I always like to say that that uh, Godard films the the villain of every movie is the girl, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> oh like, wow! Everything I goes guess, wrong. Well, now that girl. you say that, it can sort of play out that way if you think about the ending yeah. of this film. Yeah, it's very ambiguous. No, like, it is ambiguous, and I was I was kind of confused with what i was supposed to take away from the end yeah i didn't really fucking i was just like well first of all so it's called masculine feminine 15 specific events mm-hmm. um and that's why there was the numbers at first i was like what the yeah. shit is all these numbers um and then i looked up the subtitle and i was like oh it's just literally something pretentious 15 it's also he events. says it in the beginning bit when he's like writing down in the cafe he says this is going to be broken up into 15 segments and i was like we're well, we really just gonna be that meta but okay <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I didn't catch that at first. Uh, I was like, first of all, kind of shocked that I found this movie on Facebook Live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I was like, right. is this it? So I had to like look up a bunch of shit, and you know, they were kind of talking. So I missed a little bit of the beginning, uh, in mm-hmm. terms of just dialogue, because I wasn't yeah. reading the subtitles. Plus, uh, they're they're talking kind of quickly in this movie. I really had to stay on my toes. <laughs> no, they did speak very very quickly. Yeah. yeah. And yet, I feel like the audio in this is. Well, this was 1966, so the this that was I think the weirdest thing for me with this movie. So I didn't again. I haven't looked up much more about it. Uh-huh. But this movie was made after a film that he references in the movie, which I thought was a little silly. <laughs> um, uh, Pierre Rolfo, which is like his other second most famous film. Uh-huh. Um, and it's it's that one was made in 65, and that one is like really high quality made. Like it's it's a like clearly made with a studio so the the movies that he made before, like Le, Le Mans Prix that one is also a studio funded one like it looks a lot nicer yeah I watched looks... this one and I, I totally got a budget vibe from it yeah so you I know, don't know if this was him trying to go yeah. back to his roots in a sense like because he'd done a few bigger maybe bigger budget ones um, I think this one so... was just harder to swing um, as you know to get a budget for because I mean the film was and I looked this up as well when I was reading the Wikipedia. Yeah. Is um, the film was specifically meant to be targeted towards the youth of the time, so like uh, yeah. you know, uh, sixteen to eighteen year olds, because they this this film was talking about you know it's important for people of the age to to know these events and what's going on around them. That's why he was yeah. during that uh, scene when he was interviewing the Miss Nineteen. Yeah, he was like, what do you know about the world going yeah, on? Yeah, and she's you? like, she didn't even know a war was going on. And so yeah. you can tell the director is very clearly trying to educate with this film and also yeah. trying to relate. And that's But also why... I feel like I feel like it was trying to tap into like um a little bit of going back to what he originally did because I, so um around this time the French New Wave was starting to die out. Like it was just not as like prolific there wasn't as many movies coming out in that genre Uh those directors are kind of moving on to other things people were a little bit tired of the whole french new wave style 
Yeah, I could um, see why that would be a but thing. I, <laughs> but I feel like this movie really pushed to go straight back into it uh-huh. um, because it is a lot more, in a sense, more French New Wave than, like, say, even Viola uh, Lafoe. Like, that one is, like, uh, starting to get a bit more, like I said, a bit more mainstream, a bit more, yeah. um, like, normal, I guess. Now, when you it, say it's... mainstream, do you mean American? <laughs> no, I mean, like, even just French mainstream. Okay. Um but and so i think this movie felt like him it felt like to me him trying to get back to his roots so filming instead of widescreen like cinemascope screen whatever the other ones are filmed in uh he went back to his four three like little fucking black and white film camera um he got the the main character in this the dude the actor uh he was in the first like what's considered the first french new wave film by Uh francois truffaut uh called 400 blows and in the movie he's like 10 years old so this movie is you know seven years later he's like a young adult now and i feel like he was like okay well i want to get back to my french new wave roots how do i do that we'll cast the guy from the first french new wave film yeah uh and i'll go back to my old like kind of method of making films like i'll make a film like bandapar again i'll make a film like uh like breathless again like so make something a bit more do you think then that scene when they were at the theater and he went up to the uh the booth the box or whatever to tell the guy yeah. exactly the specifications of the film is kind of hinting at that situation that he finds himself in i'm trying to remember what scene you're talking about so they go to the movies right oh yeah when he got <laughs> yeah that was so annoying but at the same time i was like oh that would be me it was fucking weird <laughs> though right like yeah and i'm here sitting here thinking like how is this a uh, dude who has never expressed any type of being a film buff all of a sudden no exact specifications of a film yeah and i was just like perhaps it was what you're talking about though um uh more like a calling back to doing things uh as new wave as possible (laughs) yeah maybe that's the thing is i i don't know because i didn't look up more about this film um but it just definitely felt like especially looking at the timeline of events Uh that it was very different from what he had progressed into doing which was making more higher budget nicer looking films as opposed to like this one where it's like you were talking about how you had kind of a low quality stream and i was saying it doesn't really matter and you're like well it does because it details and i was like but this this film felt more like maybe in his other movies where it's very meticulous detail uh-huh. um but in like this movie uh like it felt like it was going back to him just being on the streets of paris in 1960 1961 with a camera uh, and like two actors who we just pulled off the street and like it's there's no permits and they're all running away from the cops when they show up because you can't film on the streets <laughs> fucking like, Ed they're filming style. everything yeah everything's like overdubbed because the camera that he has is so cheap that it's so loud that you can't hear any audio from from the set because um, it's just this really rink, rickety like old camera that he had yeah uh, like that felt like it felt like he was trying to get back to that so it feels like there is probably some of this that isn't necessarily intentional detail as opposed to just being like go like off the wall let's fly well yeah i mean i, I could see your point but i i do like to clearly make out uh people's expressions and everything <laughs> yeah no that, yeah. that's fair if it was that bad then sure it, it wasn't that bad but you know buffering and all that but hold on uh i'm gonna go grab my tea i'm sure it's probably cold now but it's okay (laughs) oh shit yeah i forgot that i thought you had done that already no we just get into you know i had to put it i had to let my loose teas uh steep oh settle Uh, yeah Yeah. i I like them loose you know nice (sighs) well i'll i'll keep talking about french new (laughs) wave all right i'll be right back yeah so i mean this week i went with 
Godard because he's the obvious choice, I guess. Because I felt like a little bit like, should I go more off the wall or should I go on the nose? So I felt like going a bit more on the nose. And to be fair, Godard is who I know probably his body of work the most. Um, because I, you know, I just want to try and sound like a, you know, college film student when I never did. So I just really like Godard. Well, I don't actually. It's I feel like French New Wave is an odd period of time where it is over over glamorized by people who like films people who uh become like really into filmmaking and 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 you know auteur theory and all that other stuff that comes with people who start learning about films um but so so there's that period where you just you find out about french new wave you find about godard because he's like the most famous you watch all his movies you say they're great you don't understand why people don't like french new wave film and then you realize that we've progressed a lot since then there's no reason to be as gatekeepy about french new wave films as you maybe were and then realizing that there's still just a lot to learn from these films like they are really good a lot of them is hit and miss especially with like because but that's kind of the point the point is hit and miss the point is there shouldn't be a rigid rule system to how you make a film it should be make a film and see what sticks like throw things at the wall all right and find out what 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 stays i'm just discussing french new wave and also why i chose this film yeah i don't know much about french new wave and also why did you choose this film i have no idea uh, because you made me watch a fucking anime <laughs> it was amazing though that was good, but still. Yeah, it was a good anime. Um, that, but yeah, I've never really watched a French New Wave film. Obviously, French New Wave is like a meme. Um, yeah, I was explaining <laughs> that. I was saying that, like, I, I wanted to... I made the joke that I wanted to sound like a... Uh, uh, a like a film school student without actually going. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's one way. Because I was like, I feel like... I, I was I was basically saying that French New Wave is over-glamorized. Uh, but at the same time, there's still so much to learn from these. And that they are hit and miss. I'm sorry for everybody who's listening because I'm repeating myself now. <laughs> yeah. um, they're, they're hit and miss, but that's kind of the point. The whole point of French New Wave when they started it was they felt like there was this rigid idea that Hollywood had put out of what a movie should be, how it should be set up, how you should film it, how you should edit it, how like everything, like all these things that existed were like, oh, this is what the movies are like. And they wanted to be like, no, movies should be a especially since it's an art form it should be about rebellion it should be about you know doing things against the grain like trying mm -hmm. to and essentially like throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks and yeah. so a lot of them a lot of movies in this genre are hit and miss even worse a lot of the movies scene to scene wise are hit and miss so you get really good scenes followed by just kind of duds but it's because they're not making each movie as a in a sense in a whole they're just trying trying stuff out constantly in the movie they're experimenting in each movie to make it so that and so because of the experimentation from within the movie you get scenes that just vary in quality that's interesting so i never watched that i mean i never knew that because i've never watched a lot of i don't think i've ever watched a single french new wave film i thought i'd made you watch breathless no i don't think i've watched breathless mm -hmm. okay um but this was probably my first one. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't think it was bad. At first, it was just like, damn, I didn't think quality was this bad in the 1960s. But now that you're telling me, <laughs> no, it's just this film, I feel a little better. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. It wasn't actually no, that it's, bad. 
it's that it definitely feels like he's going back to like his older films because i could show you uh like a video clip from the movie prior to this one piero lofo mm -hmm. um and you'll be like this doesn't even look like they were made in the same like decade <laughs> wow jesus because it's it's a much higher quality uh film i just yeah that that would have been nice i would have preferred it if it had higher quality but um it was yeah which is like i said i watched it on a really really high quality and it was still like still pretty yeah, low quality was... <laughs> no it was just it, it doesn't didn't look as good as i guess yeah it still was just like it was just a crappy kind of black and white ricky dick film camera thing i was gonna say when did the moulin rouge come out um i'm just gonna quickly send you on facebook a picture of like a still from from that movie from the one before this and you'll be like what while you do that but yeah so yeah i mean french new wave it's it's a good period of time it's fun um but and it paved the way i think for um uh new new hollywood era uh like 70s era of of a bit more creative because essentially it was it's a it's a bit back and forth all the time so um you have directors who are watching movies from the 40s and 50s yeah and they were like well these are boring and we don't want to see just that film anymore so yeah. we're going to make french new wave films and rebel all against it and they rebelled all against it and they made a bunch of new rules and they made films a lot better and film language developed a lot more and then the 70s rolled around and you had all these people who had discovered french cinema and they were like wow this is really good we should copy a lot of this and do it in our films and then they made new hollywood era from like in the 1970s yeah um but yeah okay and, so and a bit of the 1960s and then you had people growing up on those who were like oh, these movies are so serious we need to make more fun movies and then you had jaws and star wars and blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> and then you had people who again were like hey these movies are too silly and uh what's it called we need more kind of down-to-earth people reserved movies like we had before and that's when you get like the 19 like the late 1990s and early 2000s where movies were like a lot more again about individual people dissecting a situation dissecting characters things like that yeah and it just keeps it just keeps repeating <laughs> yeah so uh back to the topic of quality um mm -hmm. i looked up two movies that i had seen that's uh from this era <clears throat> era mm -hmm. uh that i know are just amazingly better quality for example okay. one of which it actually is over 10 years older than it and okay. it was uh moulin rouge yeah that movie is from 1952 and it looks way better than this film yeah and then well, no, west then side the cameras... story 1961 yeah yeah the technology existed the problem is that the cameras were owned by studios yeah and yeah, yeah. they kind of didn't especially at first didn't really work with studios but yeah the later the more famous like the french new wave really caught on mm -hmm. and um and it, it obviously attracted attention from studios because it was making money and so they <clears throat> yeah. let them you know they, they did work with a few studios to do stuff and the movie qualities did increase and they did get better yeah um th yeah the <laughs> the thing is is these movies that you're what that, that are really in the french new wave are equivalent to uh like they're like the low budget films. art films yeah yeah, they're low-budget art films that just got really popular. Yeah, they're everything from, what, A21 Studios today. Because, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the thing I point to all the time, it's, or A24, it's all about the quality of the camera. 
It's all about the quality of the camera because uh-huh. if you look at Wizard of Oz, which is fucking like 1939. Oh my god, was it really? Yeah. God damn, I didn't know it was that old. Yeah, it's and it's really holds up and it's a really, it really well made film. Yeah. Yeah, and it, the camera, the well. cameras on it are really good. Uh, God, that means that's Technicolor, isn't it? I believe so. Damn. Yeah, Wizard of Oz, nineteen thirty-nine. That that has to be Technicolor, hand-painted yeah. frames, dude. I don't know if it's hand-painted frames. Well, painted frames, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might have been. It might have been. No, I I don't know. But yeah, it was. It's it's old. But it still looks really good, and it just really de- depends on the funding that was at the time. It's not like the modern day where, you know, Tangerine is made on an iPhone on on iPhones, and it looks just it doesn't look just as good. But the quality in 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 a in a, in a sense like yeah. that ha- that doesn't dip because <laughs> um, it still looks crisp. You can still see everything. Yeah, there's just limitations of the lenses essentially. You know what movie I really want to watch that I really haven't? Um, it Go was on. like uh, it's like one of the most famous Western films. Um, I would love to watch a Western film, is what I'm getting at. Uh, um, I would. I yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just because they were, uh, you know, not to say they were great films, but they were a lot of them were important films, especially in cinema history. Hmm. At least on the American. I mean, I side. have a recommendation if you want. What is we it? Can do. I was gonna actually recommend my darling Clementine, not oh, yeah. not next week, but like as a western that I've really wanted to see for a long time. That you haven't seen yet. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm down because I would love to see a, a western. It's just so interesting because there's so many uh, yeah. inspirations in film today because of those films. Well, if you want a whole comprehensive thing, go to YouTube and look up Rich Hall, How the West Was Lost. How the West Was and Lost. It's, uh, yeah, it's a it's a, he's an American comedian who's only famous really in Britain. <laughs> he's like famous as the American comedian in Britain. That's that's pretty funny. <clears throat> um and so he does a bunch of documentaries for the BBC about American culture. And he did a whole documentary called How the West Was Lost. That's fascinating. <clears throat> There's a gun I want to buy that's called through... the gun that won the West. Okay. It's a model 1894. Um what is it? Uh, Marlin? Fucking nice lever action gun. <laughs> yeah, my my so my big problem with western movies that I is my biggest hurdle to go through is just um the way that native americans are talked about. It does it's like the it's the only thing that really just gets under my skin. Yeah. Really kind of I have that conversation me. with my wife and and her dad like all the fucking time cuz they're from Ohio yeah. and they have the uh what is it the redskins or is it the, the no no yeah i think they're called the the they're not called the chiefs they're either called the chiefs or redskins or you know something I think it's like the red, that the redskins yeah yeah it's it's got something like that a sports team and yeah. uh you know her dad just doesn't understand he's like that uh name came up as an endearing thing because they got permission from a local tribe and it's yeah. like yeah but still come on <laughs> <laughs> i'll be honest when it comes to a team one I'm I'm and if it is that where they were given permission by a local fucking tribe that doesn't bother me because yeah. I mean like yeah I that's, that that part doesn't bother me it's the it's the like <clears throat> um like depiction of them being wild untamed beasts who were just like bringing civilization to and shit like that oh oh like a caveman kind of thing yeah 
Yeah, it's just, yeah, like they act like they're just uncultured pieces of shit who just are in the way of progress. Yeah, and speaking, that's the part that gets to me. Speaking of cavemen, um, that was a weird film they they watched together in that movie. Uh, the dude was like just grunting. Yeah, and apparently it was I... like a translation issue with uh the two actors in the film. That was the premise of the film. Um, okay, there was supposed to be subtitles or something for them because I think yeah. it was supposed to be an American film. Um. But the man. Yeah, I thought he was making fun of American films. Perhaps he was just making fun of American films, yeah. Because the dude was just grunting and then forcing this girl to have sex with him. Yeah, that part got uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the hell? Like, even the like, uh, people in their group wanted to leave. She was like, I just want to go. And she's like, no. Yeah. I want to watch. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so let's get back to uh, Masculine Feminine before we digress a little too far. Yeah. Um, outside. Uh, of of the topic um what is there any significant scenes you want to talk about i mean there was a lot of scenes in this movie because let's just say there was there's 15 significant events <laughs> um, yeah well i mean a lot of the scenes were just it, so i mean i as much as i want you know enjoy french new wave this movie was probably a kind of a dud for me to be honest it was it was yeah. a pretty standard french <clears throat> new wave film like for you maybe because you haven't seen the other ones yeah um from the la nouvelle vague um uh it uh like you you wouldn't know the tropes but this movie just had so many especially since it's six years seven years into the to the movement it just had a lot of the tropes of the movement i mean i, I was, was able like, to okay. uh to follow along and kind of kind of call out certain things that were going to happen occasionally and i guess that could be yeah. just because of my i guess sense of of like people and well on top of that whatever. it's one of those it's one of those where it's um it's a little bit of predictability sometimes yeah. yeah but also um these movies did kind of create the modern language of cinema like move forward the modern language of cinema yeah that so makes like sense. cinema language back in the day and then this movement came out and the way things are like it's influenced so much yeah. of even today's movies yeah that it's it's hard to blame the film for it when it's just because it's been so good that other people have copied it yeah yeah i mean it was definitely revolutionary um but okay so let's talk it wasn't about it wasn't i mean it's like I no, said, i'm it's, talking about it's... the movement not the whole okay. film yeah, not, no, not yeah, this film movement, specifically yeah. being revolutionary. Yeah. I'm talking about the movement. Um, obviously, this film, like I said, I do think it was an important film, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for the youth to watch. Uh, interesting fact about that, by the way, uh, when this mm -hmm. film came out, it had uh, like the highest tier of R rating that they had, and so only people 18 and older could watch it. The director actually hated that because he said this film was actually targeted towards youth. But because mm -hmm. of the use of youth and sexual situations, um, they didn't want him to show it to anybody uh, younger than 18. Hmm. Yeah, so it, it even missed its target audience. You know, I bet this yeah. film didn't actually get its, uh, you know, uh, glory days until like 10 years or a couple of years after its uh, release. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pro uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really know. Yeah, <clears throat> I wouldn't doubt it. Um, just because, like, again, it wasn't showed towards the people he needed to show it to. Yeah, the people but, um, he wanted to see it. Yeah, so so here's something that I was watching uh, that I thought was interesting about the film. Or interesting, I don't know, more so I want to get your take on it and how you felt about it. But um, so 
it felt strange because the character, like you said, felt like a man child for a lot of the film, but occasionally yeah. would have these spurts of like rampant philosophy, I'll call it. Um, yeah. Because out of nowhere, he'll become an intellectual like that. Like yeah. he's been chilling at a coffee shop this whole time, which, funny enough, the film opens up with. <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, it's just a Parisian cafe. It's just, yeah, it's just a cafe, but yeah. It's, it, it's, it's funny and cliche to us, but it's actually where people just hang out. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, because uh, coffee shops were uh, locations that intellectuals will find. Um, I watched this thing recently that explained that uh, coffee might have actually encouraged uh, an intellectual movement in Europe when it was uh, popularized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I that's, mean, that's why I find it funny. Yeah. But it is also it's it is Paris. It is it is a, yeah it is. <laughs> every every street corner here every street corner in Paris is just a cafe. That's awesome. Dude. It's just, I want yeah. some cafes here it's in cool. Georgia. There's none here. <laughs> really? Yeah, there's like none. Yeah. Starbucks. Well, this movie that's my has cafe. the same. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. this movie has the it has a similar thing with like British movies where you like watch old British movies and you see like those rustic old pubs. Yeah. And then you get to now and it's just like, it's just either like clubs and bars. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the young people want, yeah. or like, like the only places that are like kind of yeah. Essentially, you remember World's End, <laughs> World's where End. they make fun of like uh, oh the yes. Simon Pegg movie. Where they do yeah. the, the where like pub all crawl. the pubs look kind of shit now, and they're just like all the same. Yeah, um, yeah. Which by the way, they're making fun of a company called Weatherspoons and that. I didn't know that until I moved here. <laughs> I started going to a bunch of different chain pubs, and the cha- big chain pub here is a Weatherspoons. And I walked in and I was like. And I watched the movie again. I was like, "Oh, they're taking the piss out of Weatherspoons." <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, which is really funny. It just context that I don't that Americans probably watched that movie and just went, <laughs> "I don't get it." <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> they're British. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Listen to their accents. They say yeah. things weird. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh Christ. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so. I like the same kind of concept of like I went to Paris and you know there's still a lot of those cafes but I feel like it is a little bit more of that kind of oh that's the older generation kind of mentality where they're a little bit dying out and they are filled with like I'd go into them and they were filled with like 50 somethings as opposed to like youth (laughs) yeah hey that's just like my workplace uh I'm the the average age is 55 I am 10 years younger than the youngest guy in the shop wow yeah it's What's the average because of you though? Doesn't that bring that down? No, no. The average age is like no, because the now. oldest guy is like almost seventy. <laughs> Jesus, I don't bring it down much, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But uh, it is it is quite crazy. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of old people where I work. <laughs> I mean, it's a hospital, so. Yeah. yeah. But even like so, yeah. Even watching the film where they go into these cafes, I was like, oh, this is the kind of cafe I was looking for when I went to Paris. Yeah. And like, they're just a little bit harder to find. So whenever I watch a film, um, I find myself, obviously, because I used to do acting and whatever, and I kind of studied acting very, very shortly before I had to drop out of college. Um, but I'll, I'll kind of focus on acting. Uh, that's That tends to be the thing I do. I, I notice mm-hmm. that before I notice, uh, you know, cinematography or sound design or, you know, anything else outside of there. Um, <clears throat> so my question the sound design in this was shit by the way <laughs> oh my god dude it totally was holy crap uh, the... but again i i feel like that was him going back to because it's not a problem in his other like films from the time 
Yeah, it honestly what it sounded like, it sounded like a struggle. I think he did the best he could do with it. Um but because his locations weren't, you know, cut off from the outside world, there was a lot of outside noise he had to deal with and had to probably he probably had to do some dubbing, honestly, but um if he did well, that was pretty common with his early films was a lot of dubbing. If he did do dubbing in this film, it was done well. Mm-hmm. It was done very yeah. well because you couldn't really tell. Uh, the only time that you could tell is just because, like, for some reason, it was randomly very quiet while all you heard were the actors' voices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that was that was probably it. But uh... but there's also that mix of like, is this because of the audio, or was that him just doing a darn shit in a film? Oh, <laughs> just and that's being a... like, oh, I mean, oh, in this beat, uh, make all of the sound go away, and just <laughs> then speak very loud. Uh, why would we do that, um, John Luke? Uh, because I said so. Oh. <laughs> see i wouldn't know that because this is my the only film i've seen of yeah. his specifically um just watch his version of hamlet that's all i need to say <laughs> oh that sounds awesome i would love to no it's not it's, it's not? not oh no okay <laughs> i think he like shits in a shoe or something like that it's something ridiculous he does what now he basically it's not hamlet is the is basically what happened oh okay i'll look it up because i i've i've not seen it myself but i've heard a lot about it yeah and it's essentially like this american <laughs> production company was just like you're a famous french director do you want to do hamlet we'll give you lots of money and he went okay and then he did it and just produced like essentially nonsense for that oh sorry it's king lear what the hell and it was supposed to be a modern interpretation of hamlet then no no sorry he did king lear it wasn't hamlet i was wrong it was king lear oh and um which yeah a different shakespeare play i just got it kind of wrong um yeah and it's here's the synopsis for it so you know the the generic synopsis for king lear this is the one for this one everything returns to normal after chernobyl (laughs) everything but art the greatest works of art are now lost and it is now up to people like william shakespeare jr the fifth to restore lost artwork to the human race (laughs) to the human race and essentially they just went you're a french director who's famous um here are the right uh, do do a king lear for us we won't supervise you at all and he was like okay <laughs> and he just gave them a movie where he just created nonsense on the screen and it was perceived by most people as a giant fuck you to america yeah probably i mean the dude didn't like it obviously since we've watched this film it's very obvious he doesn't yeah. really like america well, american com- the american production system essentially the idea that they would think that they can buy his talent um really ups- would have upset him that's what my understanding of why he made the movie a piece of shit on purpose. Well, <laughs> damn, dude. <laughs> the people probably didn't know how you felt about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but it's he was, he's, he's kind of an asshole. He was, Godard was kind of an asshole. You um, know... Or is. He's still alive, but... Yeah, I was going to say, this, that's a lot of a... He made a movie a couple years ago, didn't he? I think it's interesting how America yeah. is viewed by what's what their pop culture is and it it goes the Mm -hmm. same for other countries for example uh, a lot of america's opinions on the french i feel like can be connected to this new wave movement oh yeah (laughs) just like pretentious as all hell yeah and that but i mean yeah yeah. it's true they're (laughs) a little bit not wrong (laughs) um but at the same time they're also it is it's it's you're our opinions of the of places like i was saying about like a poor young girl watching a movie like this Mm -hmm. and just assuming this is how she should respond to creepy guys Mm -hmm. like it's the same with like 
how we're gonna expect to if we watch a movie that's set it's like what people make fun of about like mexico and movies all the time yeah it's, like, always, it's always just like yellow and, and drug everything yeah it's like and like people dying all the time yeah so, so much speaking so that, of people like, dying yeah. like what the fuck man Oh, that dude getting shot? No, yeah, like everybody. Just... Like the movie was uh, death sprinkled in in almost every other uh, event. Oh yeah, well I mean, just <laughs> I don't know if that was supposed to signify something. Or it's if it supposed was just... to signify something, dude. It has to. I mean, there's no other reason why he would have people dying throughout the entire film like that, or maybe, maybe because this death always surrounded our main character. It never really happened in front of anybody else. It mostly happened in front of uh, yeah. Paul, Paul's face, or mm -hmm. uh, in his presence, until the end when he finally died himself. Yeah. So there has to be something going on there. Something. Yeah, too pretentious I don't know. It could be. Understand. Here's here's a quote. Here's a quote from Jean Luc Godard to help you understand a lot of his movies. <laughs> okay. They said, um, "Why did you make this film?" And it was like, why did you make this film? And then he said, like, it's not that, uh, or no, why do you seem to break all the rules when you make films? And he says, I don't aim to break rules. I just don't like being told I can't do something. Yeah. yeah. So when you're looking for meaning in his films, <laughs> remember that, I think. That's a good point. Like, not that there's his movies are void of meaning, but it is important to remember that this guy just likes breaking the rules a lot. Yes. Like for just being t just because somebody was like, you can't edit this way, and he'd be like, Jean Pierre, edit the movie this way. <laughs> but here's the thing, I feel like all of these characters uh, who who did die during this film, um, hmm. their their deaths, well, besides probably the first one, their deaths kind of mm -hmm. meant something. Uh, for example, yeah, the weirdest one that stands out is the dude who stood, stabbed himself in the arcade. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell he was going through something, <laughs> but that <laughs> one was strange. Definitely strange. Um, it definitely that was weird. Um, and then the guy who lit himself on fire. Um, yeah, that one was that was a weird one. Shut. Uh, that yeah. was for political reasons. Yeah. Uh, kind of reminds me. I thought me... That, I thought that was based on that image. Remember, there's an image of somebody who did that. Yeah, in... the monk. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it was a Tibetan monk actually. Yeah. Who meditated? Didn't have to duct tape his mouth shut, but uh, yeah. meditated. Had somebody light him on uh on fire with gasoline, and he died in complete silence, no screams. Mm -hmm. That's that was insane. Um, yeah, that's and I think that nice. was supposed to be obviously, like you said, a imitation of that sort of. Um, and then we have our main character who died shortly after coming to kind of like this philosophical realization about uh, society. Because he said he was into sociology, which I myself mm. love sociology as well. Um, but it was interesting, uh, this idea that it came across at the very end. And I think that was kind of like the big bow on the movie on what the director was really trying to say, even though he added all this extra oh okay this is another topic i wanted to bring up back when i was talking about these weird spurts of uh philosophy mm. um i feel like the director was <clears throat> really throwing in this romance situation in order to um appeal to the youth to get their attention to engage them mm. and then once he had their attention he was like okay i'm gonna throw in politics and that's how yeah. it felt in the film the entire time 
it was like romance let's keep you intrigued oh are they gonna have sex oh you never see them have sex but now she's pregnant whatever um you're watching the drama unfold so it keeps you engaged at least for the youth of the youth um yeah and then he's like all right now that i have your attention here's politics uh pay attention to it and so the end of the film uh ends in like this monologue of him understanding you know from his polls or whatever what he learned and and they're just trying to talk about that and then the very next scene you see he's dead um that last scene i'm not going to focus on it too much because i think it's probably what you were saying um about it just being like a rule-breaking thing um because even though the circumstances of his death are very uh strange because the the way that when he asks madeline what happened what are you gonna do with the baby or oh yeah no no no. they asked she, he asked madeline what happened um and she says it's just as elizabeth said and elizabeth was the woman that hated him yeah so it kind of leads you to think okay so then was this were they both in on it then did they did they actually push him out the window Hmm. especially since uh her friend right before that says he would not commit suicide it probably it definitely wasn't a suicide is what she said uh so she chalks it up to it being an accident but the way that madeline responds to these questions and everything yeah she might be in shock but um i don't know if it went that deep as to say okay the character's in shock Mm -hmm. Uh, but for her to say Yes, it's to, it's exactly as Madeline said. Uh, not Madeline, Elizabeth, her friend that didn't like him. Um, yeah, it, it makes you think that okay, maybe because who knows political differences, whatever, because <laughs> they were yeah. different. Um, that he he was silenced in the end. Who knows? Um, but it just felt like he was trying to say a whole hell of a lot at the end there, and I don't think it really communicated well personally um <laughs> i do think i understand what he was trying to do with the film he was trying to relate to the youth and then tell them political shit and push his own agenda which is funny yeah. because that's exactly what paul is doing when he's doing those polls he even talks mm-hmm. about it he says uh you know the more you do polls uh the worse it kind of it, it kind of contradicts itself because a poll is supposed to get general information about people to create statistics well since these polls are being asked by someone uh, over time he will eventually start pushing his own agenda even without knowing it so that's why he kept asking these women political questions that kind of more served his own political ideas Um, Mm -hmm. and that's what he was saying in it so it was just it was interesting Um, like I said I think it's very important for its time today though if you were to ask me hey what's a good french new wave film for me to watch uh if you're into that i I don't know i probably wouldn't recommend this one but no uh, i i I doubt i will ever watch this movie again yeah it didn't really speak to me the way that the other ones did especially since you told me how non-political the other ones are it's kind of hard for me to believe (laughs) that because of how political this one was yeah and that wouldn't say that they're void of politics i just think this one definitely had that it felt this felt like a political message from somebody yeah it really was um yeah it's difficult to avoid politics altogether because of course you want to establish a a setting and yeah usually political climate plays into that (laughs) yeah um but yeah so there was just a lot 
that he was showing the youth, you know, consumerism and all that. Just like, no, it's not great or whatever. Yeah. Be socialist. Um, but yeah. So, so what would you rate the film? I'll let you go first. <sighs> I'm actually gonna give it a five out of ten. You know that I was feeling a five too. Like yeah. it, it's, it's not a six. Definitely not a seven or an eight. No. Um, but it's not really like it's not terrible either. I mean, like I said, it keeps you no, engaged. The things that I would say would make me want to give it a six of like you know the kind of um creative aspects in it are stuff that again are such staples of french new wave especially at this point seven years into that yeah into that movement that it doesn't get any points for it because it's stuff that he's done already it's stuff that already exists in other films so even in a in a genre of film that's supposed to be experimental he didn't experiment i feel like it's not very experimental now well yeah the 15 specific events thing that didn't do anything, in my opinion, yeah. to push the film. I feel like you could have taken out those little slides of numbers yeah, and just there, literally was... jump forward in time and let the viewer actually discover that themselves. But then again, this is if a movie was being made today, obviously it would yeah. be like that. But because back but then also, it was kind of a first. There, uh, <clears throat> but also, I was like, I feel like he did it before, though, and I just looked it up right now. Uh, one of his movies from 1962, so it's four years before this, mm-hmm. Vivre sa vie, or To Live Her Life, uh, is a, it's synopsized as 12 episodic tales in the life of a Parisian woman who's slowly descending into prostitution. So even four years ago, he did a movie, the same kind of premise. It's just like vignettes and st- instead of like a whole story. Oh. So it's even plagiarizing, again, more of his stuff that he did in the past. That's lame. And Vivre la Civie is a much better film than this. I mean, it sounds already like a better premise. It sounds like yeah. it's going to be more internal rather than... Well, this you know, one was, he found a hot chick and was like, I can just make movies for her. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. dude, she was hot, though. Like, No, no, not not this one. The His other movies, like Vivre la Civie and, and uh, Entre Femme et Une Femme. And yeah. um, uh, she's also in Pierre. It's this girl, what's, what's her name? Because she recently died. It was really upsetting. She's quite pretty still but yeah mm-hmm. anna karina she was a danish woman who like moved to paris and met jean-luc Godard and she was uh yeah she was he kind of like the big star in all of his movies when yeah. the french new wave really kicked off i thought these girls and in these in this movie specifically also were very attractive i was like well wow. it, not to not to make you sound uh, creepy all of what? a sudden but i was gonna say one of the biggest things i felt like most of the people in this movie just felt younger than most of his films most of his films were like adults and this one you really felt like it was just you were watching a bunch of kids like just yeah 20s uh, even early though we're, early you know, 20s early yeah. 20s yeah so. even though well i guess we're mid to late 20s now but early watching early 20s people i was like wow this is very youthful like cast this cast very like you said was very clearly meant for the the the, the the youth at the time yeah so they could connect with them and understand them and be yeah. like oh, i look like them they're the same age as me <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, apparently they had a couple of cameos in this film um i was reading on the uh wikipedia mm-hmm. obviously i had no idea who the fuck these people are but um, <laughs> okay. they, like they were literally playing themselves in the movie yeah um and the girl her, uh madeline herself was is actually a uh was actually a singer at the time 
Okay. Yeah, because <clears> I, I was I was noting that I was like, this girl, they've actually got a character who can actually like an actress who can sing. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, she was actually a singer. That's why. Yeah. Um, okay. She was, a, as they called them, a, a yee yee girl. And I'm probably <laughs> okay. mispronouncing that, uh, but that's how it's spelled Y E dash Y E. But uh, I, I guess that was like a type of singer at the time. Uh, it was a popular term. I believe it originated in Spain. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so she was like, she was an actual singer. Um, I actually thought she did a really good job at act- acting. Oh shit! She um, was born in Vietnam too. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. Damn. Oh, dude, did, uh, do you remember that fucking term they used that I had never heard in my life? Um, what? Uh, Vietnik. Yeah, that was weird. The I combination get, was... of a Beatnik and a Vietnamese. Yeah. And apparently that's a Yankee slur. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'd never heard yeah. that before in my life. I no, neither did I. I was like, I thought it was just a like a random made up shit. To be honest, I assumed it was made up. Like, yeah. The film. Well, there was a lot of, uh, and then the um, so what I thought another thing that was interesting was the uh, the racist part that happened with the black people on the train. Yeah, that was weird because I didn't know weird. if the movie was painting them as assholes or her as the asshole. I really couldn't tell. Uh, it was kind of <clears throat> both. I, honestly, it was kind of hard to tell. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, because she was kind of the asshole, but uh, then he kind of turned into the asshole. <laughs> I think he only turned into the asshole after she had said racist shit. Remember, yeah. Cause she was like, "You really can't." No, be no, a she yeah, N-word. she said racist shit, and then he did that. But also, he yeah. did like a uh, almost typical like dude who's been rejected by a girl. Well, she's a prostitute. Call her a whore. Oh, I didn't. Re- I no, thought she, she was is just a like prostitute. A yeah. Okay. The the whole movie like has a lot of talk about prostitutes in it. Yeah, and, um, no, it did. Yeah, it even shows quite a few prostitutes. Um, mm-hmm. So there's no doubt in my mind she probably is a prostitute, just doesn't yeah. sleep with uh, black people because she's racist. Yeah, yeah. So that's now that's uh, on that lovely note. Uh, you need to entertain the audience because I need to use the restroom. All right, <laughs> all right. I hope you guys like the sound of uh, sipping tea. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, I choked on a little bit of my tea. For those of you who don't like the sound of uh, people eating or drinking on like a recording, um, too bad. (laughs) Oh, Reese, I know you're just going to love editing this later on. Oh, you might not even listen to this. You'll probably just uh, gloss over it very quickly. Well, I'm going to make sure to tell you at uh, the 1 hour 18 mark. Wow, we've only been talking for an hour 18 minutes. Jeez. Normally I like to keep these things going for about two hours, but um, uh, I'm I'm a bit at a loss here right now for content. Uh, We'll have to see when Reese gets back after he's done bleeding the serpent or draining the snake whatever you guys like to say. I know in Britain, uh, they, they say taking a piss is different than the American taking a piss. Um, when we take a piss, it's out our dicks. Um, and the British, when they take a piss, 
it is akin to joking around or making fun of something. Um, and that is that has been a difficult thing for me to explain to my uh, other co-workers around here. Uh, I just think it's hilarious, honestly. Um, What's hilarious? What? What's hilarious? Oh, I was explaining um, what taking a piss is over here in America. Oh, did I say take a piss? You did say you got to take a piss. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> I, uh, I have slowly become one of them. But outside of that, um, you have to listen to this hour and 18 mark of entertainment that I just did. Uh, I think yeah. you're going to enjoy it quite so. Oh, yeah. God. What did you say? <laughs> oh, I thought it was quite funny. Um, but... Do you like the sound of people eating or drinking? Oh, God, no. You didn't do <laughs> ASMR shit on this, did you? <laughs> I guess I you just have to it. find out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My brother, Roger, is super into that for some reason. Is he? Like well, some people stuff. are just, uh, they like the audio stimulation. It like gives them yeah. goosebumps and whatever. This doesn't, doesn't do anything, too. I've listened to it, and I'm just like, I am watching a hamster eat a carrot. Great. Okay. You're not supposed to watch it. You're just supposed to listen. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I'm not one of those people either. I do like good music though. Good, really good fucking music will sometimes give me goosebumps if it's like a vibe that I've never heard before, but mm-hmm. I dig it. Then yeah, I will definitely get some goosebumps on that shit. Um, but that's about it. So very quickly before we veer too much, also I haven't mentioned my beer that I'm drinking today. Oh, I bought one specifically for the podcast. Jeez, nice. Um, uh, but you needed to give your score. Oh no, you did say you said a five out of ten. Yeah, I felt about maybe five out of a ten. six, but pretty solid five out of ten for me. Um, okay. Also, this is my first new wave. Uh, sorry, French new wave film that I've. I'll recommend a better one. <laughs> yeah, I would not like not to for the see... podcast, but I'll se- I'll send you maybe a few to. No, to we watch. could do another. We could do another French new wave film for the podcast. Just maybe in. A yeah, couple we'll just more give episodes. it some time. Yeah. yeah, we don't want to do them one right after another. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, so fucking. Even to the point where, like, my girlfriend, she doesn't really care for Godard. Yeah. Um, oh really? So when this movie, yeah. So when you were going to watch it, um, I did it when she was at work because didn't she, she didn't suggest this film? No. Oh no, no. You told me this is one of his better. She said this is one of his better films. No, she said it's one of his most like famous films. Oh, it is, it is one of his most famous films. Oh, okay, okay. Why is it so famous? Is there a reason, or is it I think maybe it's... the political message. Yeah. I think that's what it came down to. Is because it, and it's the shift of him starting to make more political leaning, um, movies as opposed to just kind of qu- quirky stories. Like I mean, uh, what's uh, Le Petit Soldat? Which is just oh, the little soldier. Yeah, and the the Cute. premise of the movie is he said that he read once that the only thing you need for a film is a girl and a gun, and <laughs> so he made he just made a movie about that topic about that subject. A girl like, and a gun. Like, does that does that make it an interesting film? Um, so like you know that kind of idea of making movies I think went away before as he's moved to to here. I mean he just always wants to make experimental stuff, which I appreciate to an extent. Like I mean even his film from like two years ago i was it's it's nonsense yeah uh but i was like well i can see you're still trying to do something here yeah still trying to make something new as opposed to make it just make a movie you're still like well if i'm gonna make a movie i need to do what i did in 1960 with breathless i need to revolutionize again i need to do something brand new that no one's ever seen and i like that in a director and i'll always respect that because that's 
always more respectful than Spielberg going, well, you know that other heartfelt, lovely film I made that's family-friendly? I'm going to do that 20 more times. And oh, like, well, man. Yeah. I don't care anymore. Yeah, they kind of get a little uh, repetitive. <laughs> um, now that uh, film is becoming dominated with, uh, you know, the roller coaster style entertainment which like i said before i enjoy it yeah um you know i I don't mind this whole getting dominated by comic book movies for some reason like who would have ever fucking thought that go back like 20 years ago and just be like oh hey yeah the biggest fucking movie in the that ever comes out is gonna be a fucking superhero movie Uh, people would laugh at your fucking face it just was not something that people would think about I brought it up all the time uh, when the when the last Avengers movie, when Endgame came out, mm-hmm. is I was like, I re- the reason Endgame just felt so great on a personal level for me to yeah. watch is because I remember two thousand eight, you and I watching Iron Man, and like the fucking scene with Samuel Jackson oh, was at yeah. the end, and yeah. like we watched it and we just sat there for like an entire night discussing like it's not possible for them to make an Avengers movie. Yeah, we didn't like, think. We were, <clears throat> we were constantly saying, like, no, it wouldn't. You were like, I'm excited, but it would be so shit. Like, it's probably not going to work, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're going on and on and on about this. Like, like this, some, like it was a fantasy dream that they would ever attempt it. Yeah, it really and was. And then they attempted it, and we were like, well, it's going to be shit. And we watched it, and we were like, wow, this is really good. And then we got to Endgame, and I was like, man, I just, like, I became that, I became 2008 me. Yeah. watching the film with you and like watching Nick Fury and being like, ah, oh, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, just it's feeling crazy. that kind of accomplishment from it. It is. It's nuts, dude. I, I would have never expected that to take place, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> before that, the most, you know, grossing film was like fucking what Titanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, then the movies, you know, it's obviously serious. Uh, well, there was a romance. Um, but uh, it was it was fairly well, serious yeah. and based well, the, on historical. Well, the events. whole point the whole point of the the romance is that you actually feel the tragedy of the event. Yes, is because that's yeah. what James Cameron wanted to do with that movie, which I think was really intelligent. Was is that like, what he was? Is that what the director was trying to do at the end of this movie? Um, okay, she, she's pregnant, <laughs> and now her guy is dead. Feels sad. No, I'm kidding. Obviously, it's probably not like that, but <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, he went, well, uh, she's pregnant. So, <laughs> uh, she, she wants to uh, have the baby, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> for now, he is dead. So, <laughs> so now she's got to use a coat hanger. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus. Oh, that was, <laughs> when she said that, she was like, don't worry. My friend said I could just use a coat hanger. And I was like, no woman has ever said that without like fucking chills in her spine. And she's recommended that like. Jesus Christ. Like I said, dude, I don't know. Like, they even also kind of played off uh, her pregnancy to begin with anyway. There's a really good film called uh, La Belle Epoque. Okay. It's from, like, two years ago or maybe even only a year ago. Mm -hmm. And it's about this uh, older French dude. He's a very famous French actor. Um, He's in, like, quite a lot of famous French films uh, as well as French TV shows and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's like this he's he's old now he's like in his 70s and the premise of the film is there's a company that will create like for if for a certain amount of money you can live in like whatever world you want so like a fantasy world and they'll like build the set for you hire actors and you can just like live out your experience with it mm-hmm. 
Um, and he go he chooses to just go back to the 1970s to like an era where he was just was chilling in I think it's like Lyon. Uh, like he's like this cafe in Lyon. It was a great time. I had a couple, great week there. I just want to live that again. Mm-hmm. And like uh, at the end of the movie, his wife like shows up and she's and he's like, oh, wasn't it all better here? And she's like, no. And she starts naming like women's rights being terrible. You couldn't get abortions. Like essentially just being like from a male point of view, from yes. your like essentially to be very political from your straight white male point of view, the 1970s was great for me. It was kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like and that's the I think this movie kind of encapsulates that a lot of like, isn't this time be- like great? And it's like well, and especially you know a man directing these women to say these lines, you think like well actually no because once you get the woman being like well actually it wasn't great, <laughs> like it's a different perspective. Yeah, um, and you realize that a lot of it is kind of uh, we we have this kind of. Uh, encapsulated version of that time that's just films and tv and blah 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 and it doesn't give a full perspective of what was happening then it yeah. gives a very narrow perspective of what was happening at that time that so we, of course it was great <laughs> we always seem to look at the past way more fondly than like yeah. it actually ever was like they they call it rose colored yeah. lenses um yeah. and i that, was watching Jugga. oh yeah i was just gonna say and that's like the like the to, to keep things on politics that's that's mm-hmm. That was the whole basis of Trump's political campaign. Yeah. It was like, make America great again. And it's like, dude, like, it was terrible. Not yeah. even like 50 years ago. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. Like, um, there was still so many injustices. But yeah, there's, of course. There's a, I was watching Anthony Bourdain yesterday, mm-hmm. and they were talking about. 1970s Lower East Side like you know it was just like fucking impoverished empty neighborhood like it was just squats everywhere graffiti everywhere gangs on every block and like how now it's all gentrified nice (laughs) and the one of the people in it who's like one of the like fucking punk rockers from that era Uh he was like everyone glamorizes that time and says oh wouldn't it be better if we went back to there and he was like well speaking as someone who was there when it was happening the reason it's better now is we realized that it was shit and tried to make it better. Yeah. And he's like, so I don't want to go back to the 1970s New York City because it was a fucking, it was shit on the floor, like everywhere. Dude, <laughs> he's yeah. Like, I don't want to go back to it. Like, it, and it's, I feel like that's a lot with, with the past is people hear about, you know, ah, oh, you should have seen this place a couple years ago. Ah, oh, you should have seen this place a couple years ago. Thankfully, I live in a city where most people would say, uh, "Thank God you're here now and not ten years ago." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cardiff, Cardiff's gotten a lot better as uh, in the past few years. Apparently, like my dad. Mm-hmm. So my dad was like, "Ah, oh, Cardiff is terrible and it's yeah. rough. It's really rough." And then my dad somehow forgot that 27 years went by when he was living in the states. Um, <laughs> came and back then home he came to Cardiff. Like, Holy yeah, shit. he came back to Cardiff to Tiger Bay, and he was like, "Which is the Bay Area." Uh-huh in cardiff and he was like this is so nice there's there's nice buildings here there's everyone's happy what's going on <laughs> and i was like <laughs> it's, it's happening it's, it's called the city got better dude dude my uh so my coworker, and here's mm. here's something that fucking blows in my mind i feel like okay so back in california and you know this is in the same country uh mm. in california we have kind of this perspective that uh you know slavery and uh you know like horrible cross-burning shit seems kind of like far away we think everybody Mm -hmm. who experienced that is like really fucking old or if not passed on now um but their grandchildren are still very much alive um Mm -hmm. dude my coworker, uh he grew up in the south um and he woke up one morning with a burning cross on his fucking yard 
in his all black only neighborhood. Yeah. And it's just like the fact that I work with a man who experienced this shit blows mm-hmm. my fucking mind. No, it's nuts. It's yeah. people people in California do uh feel like I feel I feel like it's just the big coast cities. They they think that Well, we're so out west, you know what I mean? Like so yeah. many things was we're different out west. west. Yeah. yeah. It really was. It really yeah, it really was. It was cuz it was more a free for all. It was like <laughs> It was just, you know, it was, the, it was a quote-unquote Wild West mm-hmm. for a time. Yeah. And because of that, I feel like this idea of, like, essentially, oh, you made it and you survived and you grow crops and you're a successful person. That's fine by me. That's all we, That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like, there's not a lot of people who's will, around here, so I don't really care. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously going over there, especially where there's just so much heritage of, of – yeah of just uh that kind of southern i don't know how to say it without being kind of terrible for saying you know <laughs> like they're what? all racist they're oh racist, but, uh, <laughs> but like but no yeah. there, there's obviously quite that problem that still persists and it's one of those where it's a little bit of that rebellionness where it's somebody saying you can't do that now and they're like well why not and it almost makes people want to do it more which is always yeah yeah a problem. pretty much but yeah. obviously you should you you have to go you can't do that for that kind of stuff yeah. It's a really complicated, messy situation. I'm making no sense right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just it's just nuts, dude. Um, the way that people look at the past and all that and kind mm-hmm. of forget about these horrible things. and yeah, It's like, yeah, yeah, it's nuts. And I guess, uh, you know, our, our director here was, like, really trying to imitate himself and, uh, you know, didn't, didn't do much about it, uh, didn't, didn't do too great on it or didn't, didn't actually take the soul of what he was doing from his earlier films this is kind of what i'm getting from you Mm -hmm. is that he didn't take the the soul and the idea uh that he had to make those films and apply it instead he took what the film was and tried to apply the film itself instead of the idea behind it yeah i think it was a little bit of him just trying i don't know again i i I could be all wrong of this well you've seen more films than me so i mean you would have the better idea is all i'm saying yeah um, just watching like his body of work up until this point, it's just it feels like he was on a progression in a sense, um, and then just kind of uh, just backed away and just was like, I want to make I want to make something that feels like what I used to make, yeah. and then like revolutionary and cool and and you know things like that. Maybe that was a little bit of a bid to try and get a younger audience as well. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on that quote? That famous quote from the movie. Which isn't even said; it's just written. <laughs> oh, we are the children of Car- of Karl Marx and and Coca Cola. This movie could be named, yeah. Or this yeah, movie could be named, yeah. Um, I thought it was it's it's a bit silly in a sense. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it definitely felt like what you said of like that kind of cliche French, like, uh, this is what's you know what we make fun of the French for is saying silly things like this. <laughs> yeah, it felt uh. Even his whole, um, <clears throat> uh, him showing those images of like consumerism and all that uh, during the film, it really felt kind of messy, to be honest. It, it felt mm. like it was just like put in there. Like he took all this B roll, yeah. then he made the film, and then he wanted to just throw in these consumerist B roll just randomly sprinkled in there. Um, it just felt like it was kind of put in there on a second thought. 
Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say on a second thought, but it was more like he felt like he needed uh, something to back up his ideas. And oh, he was something like, more. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I feel like I need more in here about what I'm trying to talk about. Yeah. And so he just threw this kind of stuff in there to to help weigh, like, give weight to what he was trying to say. Yeah. I gotta say, it just felt messy. <laughs> That, that, I mean, it felt messy, but also it, it's, it's just kind of a French New Wave film. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, they're just kind of all over the place. That is, is is kind of what they're like. Okay, yeah, like I said, they don't want to have a linear stro- storyline because that's the whole point is that they're rebelling against linear storylines. For not being a linear storyline, though, it felt pretty fucking linear. <laughs> but that's the weird bit is I found that thing that we're not linear in the sense of like it's just not all like this and... scene leads to this one leads to this one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but no, I mean, what with this one, what was odd is the description says fifteen unconnected events. Unconnected? Like, is that what it's pretty said? connected? Yeah. Oh, that was the IMDb like uh, description of the film. Oh, the description I read is fifteen specific events, and I think that's the closer translation to it, isn't it? Fifteen what? Fifteen specific events. Specific. Let me. Maybe I just read it wrong. Shouldn't be unconnected. Extra. Yeah, fifteen specific events. Yeah, because it's a uh, fiat precis or something like that. I- I'm terrible at language, so what is that, Reese? What did you say? Uh, F a i t s. So like uh, fi- fi- fiat, <laughs> and then precis, which is p r e c i s. Oh, like put together. So that's what that means? Kind of, yeah. It means to to make together or to make precisely. Okay, so yeah, yeah, specific events. Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah. is the actual subtitle to it. It is not unconnected. It is specific oh, events. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, if if it was unconnected, that wouldn't make any sense. It should be different actors and like different people altogether. Yeah, no that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. No, this is 100% um, that. Well, do you have your recommendation for... Do you want to save that for the end of the whole podcast? Maybe we'll we'll, re- we'll reiterate it at the end, I think. What, my recommendation for a movie? Yeah, for oh, next week. Dude, I don't even know. Um, oh, come on. You're supposed to show up prepared. I know, I know. Um, I thought I was going to wing it and like think of something while we were talking. <laughs> but uh, that was unsuccessful. Um shit uh is there well, a western on your list that you really want to watch no no because i don't want to i want to get out of this time um i want to give us a, a good like you know i want to hit us with a different thing like uh i don't want to do anything okay. from a similar decade in film i want to try going something more modern perhaps um, okay yeah um honestly i don't know why but uh but i, I was talking to my coworkers about serbian <laughs> a serbian film Oh, I'm not watching a fucking. <laughs> no, we're not gonna film. do that. We're not gonna okay. watch that for the podcast. Uh, we're not gonna watch that. But um, I would like to do. I would like to do a horror movie uh, for the mm. month of October. That's um, true. It is October. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to do a horror movie. I just have to decide uh, what is a good enough horror movie to give a good, honest yeah. film critic type style review of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just have to look it up. Uh. But there's there's like there's a lot of horror movies out there, but none of them really try to be a great film per se, as to just yeah. be a scare experience. There's yeah, horror is is kind of 
showered with it's Halloween time. We've got to make something. Yeah. Like, uh, as opposed to people who are like, I want to make a film and horror is the kind of the, the, the avenue I can express what I'm trying to say through. Yeah. 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 Like, um, like, Oh, a good one that you could say technically is a horror film is I would say a racer head. We're not going to watch that. Okay. But that is, I would say that's a good example. Yeah. I think Halloween, the original one, is a decent horror movie with an actual like oh, Halloween's message awesome. about what it's about, in a sense. Uh, for me, I would say probably one of my favorite all-time horror movies is It Follows. Uh, oh, It Follows is fucking great. Oh, I love it. so good, dude. But uh, sadly, we I still need to watch uh, his, his follow-up film, Under the Silver Lake. Oh, okay. I haven't followed the director much, so I just know I really enjoyed It Follows, but haven't haven't continued looking at his other stuff but just how he did it follows i really enjoyed so i bet i probably would enjoy one of his other films um unless he tried to copy it follows and then i would probably hate it (laughs) um Um, that's not how you spell david uh while while you're thinking yeah um i'm just gonna so um Oh, yeah, he's done Under the Silver Lake, and that's that's it. He's only done those two movies. Huh. Nice. That's pretty yeah. cool. Anyhow, um, so today I'm drinking uh, Velenvol, uh-huh. which is Velenvol Double Dragon. It's uh, on the label. It says the National Ale of Wales. Um, this one is brewed in Llanetli, where my dad's from. Oh, nice. Um, and, and where I spend a lot of time sometimes. Well, I did back before lockdown happened. Um because uh, Flatley is an all right little town, so it's, uh, it's pretty good. But yeah, um, and Velenvol is a, is an area in there in in Flatley, uh, and it's got a little brewery there. Um, according to my father, is the only source I have that they were the first company to can their beer. Because um, everyone was just bottles until they until Velenvol decided to put it in a can. I think, uh-huh. yeah. Which yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. You get it pretty much anywhere in West Wales, because uh, it's funny that it says the National Ale of Wales because uh, where I am is the is where they brew Brains beer, which is like obviously I'm in the capital. What is that called? Brains. Oh, okay. That they have a great sign. It's like it's so fucking clever. <laughs> it's a sign that <laughs> oh, says. Oh, I know what we're watching. Okay, go ahead. And I've wanted to watch this, okay, but I was saving on. it. Oh my okay. god, I'm so glad I Did saved it. You say you're it. saving yourself for me? And I was saving this film for a perfect time. Okay. Um, and I swear to god, if you've watched it already, you'd be pissed. So, a very underrated actor, I would like to say. Okay. Very underrated. And it's mostly because his acting style is honestly so experimental. Um that people just chalk it up to him being weird. Since we were talking about I swear about to god, if you're going to fucking give me a Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. Mandy we have to watch Mandy do you know what Mandy is so I've seen Mandy fuck you god damn it (laughs) it's the only acceptable Nicolas Cage (laughs) oh damn you and you'll uh, well no I mean if you want to do it we'll do it I'll I'll be willing to watch it because it is um, October month so I would want to watch a kind of uh, a horror movie and Mandy is kind of it's not horror, but it's fucking gory as shit. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's great. that's a type of horror. Yeah, um, but I'm willing to watch it again if you want. 
no, um, no, no, it's no, very no. good. Nope, no, it's a film. very good film. And also, we can discuss Nicolas Cage and how much I I think that you're wrong and oh, that I his love... acting style is just fucking terrible. I love Nick Cage. <laughs> no, we just watched. Um, what did Heather and I just watch? Uh, that movie that he made. That's a Lovecraft one. A um, Lovecraftian film. Yeah, there, he was in a Lovecraft film, like last year. Let me take a look at it. I don't know. He's in a lot of really shitty movies. But he's he's really shit. Like in that movie, like it was just like full Nicolas Cage all the time, and like he's doing a Southern accent at this point, then a British accent at this point. And was, <laughs> I was what? like, I just imagine like the director sitting there, and he's just like, uh, Nicolas Cage, like I think I'm gonna do a, uh, a Southern accent this scene, and the director's like, Oh no, Nick, um, yesterday, uh, so the other day we were filming a scene. And that's you outside the house. Now we've come inside the house. So it's still the same scene. So you're going to have to do the same accent you were doing out there. And he's like, no, I don't feel it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you're going to need to feel it. And he's like, no, I'm just, no, I'll do my accent. He's like, no, Nick, remember the accent you did in the table read? It was just <laughs> you. And it was great. We all loved it. It was, it was fine. He's like, well, that's how I was feeling at the table read. This is how I feel now. <laughs> Like that's that's genuinely how I imagine the conversations go with him, with him and his acting. Oh my god, yeah. Um, I I know he's pretty notorious to work with because of situations like that. Yeah. Um, but dude, come on, it's Nick Cage. There's a reason why he's a yeah. Meme. So, Mandy's great. Um, oh, we're not gonna watch it. Um, you've seen the original Alien. Yeah. Okay, that's a great fucking movie, by the way. Yeah, uh, oh. I only saw that. Uh, no, no, sorry, I only saw Aliens for the first time recently. Oh yeah, Aliens with the S. Yeah, I saw it was there was a double feature back in February at yeah. a this cinema house down by where I live. Yeah. On the uh, it's called Penarth Pier, um, Snowcat Cinema. It's a cinema literally on the pier head. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it, they did a double feature. They showed Alien and then Aliens, and I was like. And uh, my girlfriend really likes the, both those movies. And I was like, oh, I've seen Alien, but I've never seen Aliens. So we went to go see it. It's just the sequel, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a continuation. But yeah, the the first movie, Alien, that is, to me, one of the greatest sci-fi horror movies of all time. It is so well done. Yeah, it's a really well done film. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to find a sci-fi horror movie that's not, like, you know, cheesy. But this movie somehow, mm. even though they have a weird xenomorph avoids being too cheesy well there's one bit that's cheesy uh, yeah there is there is some pretty cheesy parts there's, but the, the only cheesy bit is when she's like at the computer screen and he's like sleeping by and he's like hello <laughs> and like comes out of the fucking wall yeah and she's yeah. like ah and it's like was Jump he just scare. chilling there the whole time like a cat <laughs> like trying to like be like mm, i'm gonna pounce give me a second <laughs> yeah all right i gotta look at these movies here um I like going to my good old, because um, I got into a lot of uh, horror movies not too long ago um, mm -hmm. by watching uh, this YouTube channel called Dead Meat. I don't know if you've watched it. No, I've not. They'll do these things called kill counts, and they'll count all the kills <laughs> in the fucking in the movies. Okay. And, you know, some of them stack up quite a lot, um, depending on the movie. But uh, he'll do these horror movies that I just did not know existed. <laughs> um, but uh, he'll also cover some really, really good ones that I enjoy. Okay. So, Because I know I want to do a horror, so I'm going to see if I can find something or at least 
get inspiration from. Dude, it's I got I got to tell you though, it bums me out that you've already seen Mandy, but of course you would have because it's good. <laughs> it is very I think I gave it a 7 out of 10. Oh, really? Good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. That's not yeah. bad. Um plus I really like gore films, so. <laughs> yeah, god damn it, dude. Mandy just looks nuts. It um, is nuts. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Color Out of Space. That was the name of the film that you made. That's the Lovecraft one. Oh. Uh, oh, have you seen Midsummer? Yes. I haven't seen it. Is it good? I don't recommend it. You don't recommend it? <laughs> no. Okay. I think Hereditary is fucking oh, great. Oh, dude, Hereditary is amazing. Yeah. I was it, that disturbed. Movie, yeah, disturbed me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it fucked? Oh, it's so fucked up. Oh, my God. <laughs> That movie is just like, wow, yes, dude. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's exactly the kind of things I look for in horror movies, which is like, fuck, I'm so depressed now. Right? Dude, oh, my God. The ending was like, whoa, dude, holy shit. Like, honestly, I didn't know what to expect from Hereditary because I thought because of its popularity in, mainstream, uh, in the mm-hmm. mainstream, I thought it wasn't going to be good. And then I watched yeah. it, and I was like, wow, this is definitely not uh, one of those stupid movies you know the nun and all that parallel yeah, no, no. i was like it's definitely not that this is actually really good yeah i was actually pretty so what i watched midsummer and uh-huh. obviously i watched it because of all the hype around hereditary yeah um that's why i was gonna I went, watch it yeah so i watched midsummer and i was like this was kind of disappointing and somebody was like no, no trust me hereditary is much better and i was like okay so i get i watched that one i was actually really glad i watched it in that order because then i watched an okay film and then I watched his first one, which was like, I was like, fuck, that was great. Like, yes. I think I gave Hereditary a 9 out of 10. Yeah, dude, it was very, very good. I For for people who can handle it, Yeah, no, that's the thing. Is it's not a movie that I'd even recommend to end. Like, even, even to, like, you, I'd be like, should I recommend him watching this? Do I yes, want to give dude. him a week of depression? Come, for... Dude, you made, we watched a Serbian film. Come on. Yeah, we did. There is nothing I can't watch after something like that. (laughs) By the way, we will never, ever recommend that film, and we will not talk about it outside of right now, probably. I don't want I don't like talking about it. I think about the fact that I watched that film, and I just feel... It just makes you feel dirty, yeah. It It does make me feel dirty. Did you know that it was uh, obviously banned in quite a few countries? Oh, yeah. So people may not even be able to watch it, but yeah, please don't. We found it on YouTube, didn't we? No, not on YouTube. Um, it was back when shit was very easily it. torrented. Yeah, it was easy to stream. Yeah, I'm pretty sure or we torrented torrent, it, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, it was probably torrented a bit. Um, yeah, because the Pirate Bay was uh available, like yeah, everything else. You know what I don't want to watch, but I kind of wish I did. Us. What? The second Jordan Peele movie. The second. Oh yeah, I have. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, should we watch it? Fuck, what's it called? Us? Us? Yeah, there'll definitely yeah. be a lot to talk about then. Okay, I mean, yeah, if, we're, if you want to watch Us, we'll watch Us. Because, I mean, Us still has, like, a lot of meaning to it. There's some yeah. depth there. Um, I'm told it's not as good as Get Out. Get Out is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed Get Out. What, what are your thoughts on Get Out? Oh, it's really good. It's really funny, really clever. Um, there's a lot to watch about the film That's that's just... Yeah, it's impressive it's it sounds mean to say this but it's just impressive for a guy who made you know essentially really goofy comedy for years to make something this serious and very you know well put together very meaningful that 
all the shots like there's a lot of shit that's in the background that's like uh like just put there for you to like meticulously placed shots uh so you understand like one second viewings like what you're seeing more and what you're what you're realizing what they're doing uh-huh. and the the very obvious like um you know foreshadowing that you just miss on the first watch yeah uh, that it's all yeah it's all really good like to even the point where like i i it it took a an interview with jordan peele where he said he confirmed this is true that i didn't understand like the scene where the cop is mm-hmm. like uh trying to get his identification yeah um and the girl's like starts you know playing like the oh it's because you're a racist card yeah and it's like the only reason that she does that is because they can't she doesn't want there to be a record of where he's been damn because if the cop takes his details then they'll have a record that he's gone up to that cabin that's crazy see i didn't even know that (laughs) yeah so it comes off as her like being really helpful but she's actually like just making sure that her like that she's covered and like that there's no record that he came up to the house damn um oh here's a hold on i think this is i think this is it let's find out oh yes okay all right this would also be a good contender so there's us or the mist it's uh your recommendation this week so it's up to you okay have you seen the mist no no all right what do you want to be do you want to be depressed or do you want to like um just see a jordan pill movie what do you what do you feel because <laughs> i don't um, think that movie's going to depress us but uh, the mist probably will depress you I'd say let's go with us, just because I've it's been on my list. I don't know what the mist is, so I, us has been on my list for a while. So okay, cool. Then yeah, we shall watch us then, and cool. um, yeah, because dude, the mist. Oh my god, my just so. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. But I've you just seen. Know that it's depressing. I've seen something that just from the movie that's just like, damn, dude, that sucks. <laughs> it's just sad. <laughs> um, so that's why uh, I did watch recently Killer Clowns from Outer Space though. Oh no! Yeah, that movie's from 1988, dude. It is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> really, I never would have guessed at the title like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Let me tell you, it might be deceiving, but dude, <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude. There's so many, so many horror films this guy goes over in his uh, YouTube channel. That that's a uh, just to give him a little shout out. I know they will never ever probably recognize us, you know, senpai. <laughs> um. But uh, it is the Dead Meat YouTube channel. Uh, they mm-hmm. do things like kill uh, kill counts and uh, podcast episodes where they just discuss horror movies and everything. The Lighthouse? That's not a horror movie. I mean, it it kind of is. I need to watch it, dude. I'm so sad I haven't watched it Have you not it seen yet. The Lighthouse? No. Oh, man. It's, it's good. It kind of went down in my rating the second time, to be honest. It felt really? a little bit like... Actually, I don't know. Maybe I need to watch it a third time. Because <laughs> I was going to no, say, I, I really like those really two actors. It. Yeah, no, it's really good, uh, really well acted, really yeah. well directed. Uh, there's a lot going on in the movie. There's a lot of symbolism, metaphors, all that fun stuff to de- you know dig your teeth into. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and I think it's it's got a really good plot. And I, 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 I felt like I thought of the film in a completely different way the second time i watched it uh-huh. than the first time like the first time i was like oh okay so this is what's happening and the second time i was like no this is what's happening and like i don't I th- who knows what i'll think of the third time <laughs> yeah 
Because um, it is one of those movies where you have to kind of interpret everything you've seen as opposed to just understanding it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so that kind of gives me, uh, what's it called, vibes then? Um, Eraserhead. Yeah, but no, I'd, I'd classify The Lighthouse as semi-horror. Like, there's elements in it that are just like, Jesus Christ. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, what are your thoughts on... Um, the, well, I would just like to say real quick before we go away from The Lighthouse. Uh, yeah. I am so glad uh fucking what's his name is getting some more screen time um who uh the not who are the two actors in that like the two main oh pattinson defoe pattinson robert pattinson Pattinson, i'm really happy he's getting more screen time he's a much better actor than the films he's actually been in well Um, no he's a much better (laughs) you say that but at this point he's been in more films than the than he was in just twilight and i know that but i mean like tenet honestly tenet wasn't great i felt bad um he was great in tenet though i liked yeah his acting but um yeah tenet was all right suit he was wearing was on wait what was that his like weird linen suit that was really baggy i just didn't really dig (laughs) yeah um um but no yeah no tenant he did a decent he did a good job with what he had i mm-hmm. felt like he was very charismatic which i think is what was necessary for that uh character yeah um because the main character was just kind of nothing like i mean it's he was just kind of boring yeah i mean tenant just was uh it, it was a big miss in in my opinion like there, there's ways yeah. to do a film like that better i think and not the, nearly oh. as long <laughs> And the thing that fucking pissed me off with Tenet the most. Okay, this is such a dumb thing. So, <laughs> you've got you've got what's his, I can't remember their names. Something I'm gonna I'm gonna sound really racist because I think his name his surname is Patel, but I think it is Patel. Mm-hmm. Let me take a look. Uh, Tenet. Okay, so first off in the film, you've got um, where the fuck is he on the IMDb? Oh yeah, yeah, it is Himish Patel. Who played like he was the Indian dude who's flying the, uh, uh, like we were driving around uh, and helping them crash the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For some reason, even though he's a British, uh, like British accent guy, he's got a you know super British dude. For some reason, he's doing an American accent in the film. <laughs> is he? And I was like. Yeah, and I was like, "That's odd. Why is he doing it? Is it because his character is American? Is is there is there any importance to that? Oh, yes, look, there Reese. was none. They're trying to uh, make a political statement yeah. that and then, uh, you know people like that can be from America as well. And then we had Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I believe he was born in Britain, but he's like most he's he's um, like got an American accent, um, and." I thought he had. Oh no, yeah, but he was doing some weird Irish accent in the film, and I was like, "Why? What? Why can't you just have people sound like where they're from?" <laughs> if yeah. there is no point to it, if there's, if it's not like some backstory we're gonna find out well, about. No, no. Let, let me explain like a little bit themselves? of that actually. Okay, um, go ahead. So, from an actor's perspective, I know a lot of actors. The way they get into character is by detaching who they are in real life in order to then take on another persona, take on another character. So sometimes in practice, uh, they will adopt accents so that they could fully become another character. If you're still using something from your uh, own personal background, 
then mm. there's still that that's kind of weighing on the character. So in order to completely get rid of that, it sometimes you could take on an accent. Okay. <laughs> not not, a, not every actor needs to, but also you're not yeah. going to know that shit unless you go and look up their fucking background. Well, no, because I looked at Himish Patel and I was like, oh, look, it's that British actor. And then he was like, hello, I'm American now. And I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm American now. Fine. Yeah. I don't, I mean, who knows, man? I don't know for sure. But I do know that it can be practiced to like fully get rid of everything of your background in order to take on another character. Um, I mean, and the, most of the characters you talked about too are like background characters as well. So who knows why they're That's the point is why, if it's background yeah. characters, why does it matter? Like, I was like, just make them, like if somebody showed up on set and they're like, they're like, ah, oh, today I'm going to do, you know, an American accent for my character. I'd look at them and be like, that's cool. You can try that. You can be fired as well. Who was the uh, director again? Uh, for Tenet, it was Nolan, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel like he could be a little pretentious. He might have, Called, like called for that maybe he's like uh get give your character an accent like, why because we're, we're we had to convince kenneth Branagh to do a russian accent he said the only reason he'll do it is if everybody else has a fake accent what uh what was his other films besides like the fucking dark knight uh memento inception oh that's right uh, he did do memento Dunkirk. god that movie's great um that ones with the magicians was one. Oh, the um, the the prestige. Yeah, the prestige. That's a good movie yeah. too. I do like um, that. What else has he done? I think he just did really good in his early on in his career, and he's just got a big head now. Yeah, no, I think he's definitely it was Christopher Nolan trying to be clever and cool. Yeah, with, that was the biggest problem with Tenet. I think I said it before. I don't remember if he was on the podcast or elsewhere, but the, no. the my biggest problem with Tenet was that it was it was. Uh, Christopher Nolan sitting there at a typewriter going probably on a typewriter like literally probably on a typewriter <laughs> with his little scarf around his neck and he was just sitting there going oh, I'm so fucking clever damn that's funny uh yeah dude okay so next film we're gonna be doing is uh gonna be Us uh that's a that is a film by uh Jordan Peele as we were talking about earlier um if if uh there's those of you out there who don't really watch horror I it's okay. I don't think this film is going to be very crazy. If you want to follow along with us, uh, that's fine. You can watch it too. Um, now uh, I can speak from experience. This previous film, Get Out, is definitely not your conventional horror film because, as Reese was saying earlier, or Oscar, whatever you guys want to fucking call him, um, sup. <laughs> it's it's almost like a comedy. Um, it definitely has good comedic breaks, like not awkwardly placed or nothing like that it's it's nicely paced good breaks and it does quite well in what it's trying to do and that is to make you feel uneasy but also kind of show uh a little bit of social commentary and reflection on ourselves in society uh that's one thing i noticed about the film uh for example when speaking of the second time a cop shows up uh, in that movie when uh, mm. it's his security guard friend all of us in the audience and i know i'm not speaking for myself our hearts drop when we see that it's a cop and you know why this was completely intentional from the director i think i remember this also in a in an interview they had with him is that yeah the audience their heart drops because of our idea and what's going on with society right now even though out of context that it shouldn't be like that we shouldn't be feeling yeah. that way 
We should, we should like, think, if this oh, was our hero any other is normal saved. Situation, yeah, it yeah. should be, oh, he's saved. It's it was such a thing with like the whole discussion about police brutality in the in the states. Is like mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, remember in Get Out when the cops showed up and the whole point of that scene and literally everyone I've ever known who's watched that movie saw that was like, oh shit. Exactly, dude. (laughs) If your first thought when a black man is approached by a cop is, oh, he's going to be fucking in trouble. Yeah. Like then obviously there's a problem. (laughs) Like there's, there's something wrong with how the police treat a specific group of people as opposed to, you know, in another horror movie when they call the cops and they're still being killed and then finally the cops show up and you're like, oh, they're they're finally here to save them. Like, yeah, exactly. Fucking, so, uh, good movie. Um, definitely suggest watching it. It's, uh, you can watch it if you don't really like horror movies. I know some people are yeah. squeamish. That's a movie that's safe to watch if you want a nice, thrilling experience. Are you saying about um, Get Out? Yeah, I'm talking about Get Out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely suggest it. Because it's more on the thriller side than it is on the yeah. horror side. And, you know, there's a big difference between those two genres. Yeah. But... Uh, I think the, the horror of the situation is... I mean, there's a whole setup is... is um, So the movie Get Out, like, the, the, the title is Jordan Peele said that um, he would watch horror movies. And every every time you know they they'd walk into a an empty abandoned cabin in the middle of the woods, uh-huh. and there'd be a creek, and he was like, if this was a group of black dudes, they would just be like, not nah, get out, just get out now. Yeah, <laughs> like they would just yeah. leave. Definitely. <laughs> but because it's a bunch of you know white college students, they're like, what's that noise? <laughs> what is that? And he noise? was like, yeah. So the whole pre- the reason it's called Get Out is for that reason. And then also, he's like, well, what's a what's a a like a black dude's worst nightmare oh meeting my girlfriend's white parents rich white parents oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit yeah no i imagine that's that's nerve-wracking i mean shit it, it was nerve-wracking meeting my uh my uh my wife's parents mm-hmm. because you know i'm mexican and I, I mean thankfully they're from the north so and they always yeah. have been so i mean i, I didn't think t- like too bad but also i didn't know what i was coming into um, yeah they could have easily uh been you know that the microaggression type of white which is like you know oh yeah we have a a mexican friend you know like you know <laughs> when you say that it yeah. just it comes off we have a mexican friend consuela bad. she cleans the house once a week yeah consuela i'd like to think she's my friend you know? yeah <laughs> yeah but uh there's just a lot of things that is just uh you know they think they're being kind but nice, really but it's just, just doing really microaggressions things, yeah. yeah yeah well i uh, i had that with like uh not not nearly to that extent but obviously like it's like oh this is heather's american boyfriend oh really <laughs> uh, when, I, like, when i like met her parents although according to sources i'm not the first american <laughs> oh shit she so likes like, american yeah. boys i think she just yeah, likes just that, that accent, accent. just yeah. got that cool accent the um, howdy doody you know what i mean yeah <laughs> I wa- that's the first thing i said to her i walked up to her, i was like howdy doody and she was like well if you're single um i am Um, and i was like well yeah but no and also like uh it was more of like being a product of my father and going to like uh like an english house like in england and first off i'm like in england so i'm like you know having to you know purify myself and you know bathe regularly to make sure i don't smell like england when i go down (laughs) yeah um there's nothing you do about your skin tone though you're just gonna get whiter when you're out there yeah oh it was a very hot day i actually got quite fucking tan when i was out there oh wow i was like really fucking dark 
Because obviously, from my mother's side of the family, I I just as you know, I tan. Oh yeah, you well. tan like uh, sometimes better than I do. Yeah, and it was and Heather and I biked God like at least ten miles or something like that, if not more. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, definitely more. Ten miles isn't that much, but uh. But yeah, we were biking through south of England and just like in the fucking like one of the hottest days of the year. Shit. <laughs> it was really hot. It's beautiful yeah. though. It was fucking beautiful. Hey, um, uh, Reese, I got a question for you. Sure. Um. So, uh, well, first let's let's go ahead and uh, do the outro because uh, we're at about uh, two hours. Yeah, we're into at about the, the two hour mark. Now. So, um, I mean, we well, do you want, do you want to ask your question? Just give a little bit more content. But, uh, no, it's kind of more. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's personal, but it would kind of. I mean, it, I was going to ask you what are you doing after this, so I don't know if you want to say that on the podcast exactly, but uh, I wanted to ask you if you wanted to continue talking about something offline. Um, because I All have right. an idea. I could tell you the idea right now on the podcast. That's fine. Um, but I, uh, you know. I'd say no, just because we don't want to. And again, for the our one view, we don't want to promise my mother and your wife um, <laughs> that uh, that we're gonna do things on this podcast and then not do them. <laughs> yeah, um, I think as a rule of thumb, never we won't discuss things that are plans for what we'll do. Yeah, uh, unless it's like the next episode's film. Yeah. Yeah, Unless that, it's something that's, that's already done and already going to be coming out, and we're like, this is something that's coming out. Yeah, see, that's what I thought. That. That's what I thought. All right, yeah. that's why I wanted okay. to say it offline. Um, I'll probably, yeah, uh, yeah. If we want to sign off, and then yeah, we can chat about that really quick. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, that was make sure uh, to watch us by next week. Yes. Uh, every every Monday, right? Every Monday. Is okay. Every Monday. every Monday. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we will be Monday twelve. PM, uh, Greenwich Mean Time. Okay, and whatever that is time. in America, over on the uh, what is this? This is a uh, East Coast time. Yeah, you're on. You're on East. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever that time is here, um, I'll, I'll try to post. I'm gonna yeah, try to post a little more often. Um, we just barely got our. Uh, you know, uh, Spotify and uh, did did iTunes get up yet or no? iTunes, let me check my email because it's up for review and I don't know if that actually means they met nearly reviewing it. Or... Oh, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, so we're we're trying to get it on iTunes. It's on Spotify, okay. so you guys go listen to it, download it on your Spotify, um, and so you have that. Uh, yeah. It is on YouTube, so I'm gonna try to post the links. Um, to these things i'm gonna to try to be better about it i really haven't had chance recently oh. um to do any of that just been iTunes real busy is still under consideration what was that oh it's still up for consideration yeah they've they all they've emailed me is saying that they're going to review it well dang well it's on spotify because yeah. that was easy enough to do <laughs> yeah um, spotify was easy itunes they who knows what they're doing to it but yeah i mean it's yeah yeah so it's on spotify it's on youtube uh for those of you who prefer youtube over spotify um now it's also on soundcloud technically oh yeah it's also on soundcloud you could technically listen to it on there but i feel like spotify is much easier to access content uh soundcloud is a little strange for me like they don't make a good enough mobile app in my opinion no but um yeah so uh if you want to keep up to date with us uh um we will be trying to post on monday like reset at 12 his time and uh, the next film we'll be reviewing is going to be Us uh, by Jordan Peele and it's going to be kind of like a horror movie for the month of October um, I'm sure we might do some more 
horror movies. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll decide next week what I want to do is a, if I want to do another horror or if I want to save it for another thing. Yeah, because it might be nice, you know. Maybe we should yeah, do be, just yeah. a silly horror movie next time. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and just do a review of a real terrible movie. Like, for example, I've never watched Reanimator. Um, oh, no, I know. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I should watch Reanimator. Oh, you haven't watched it either? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, my God, dude. Dude. We might just do that next week. Anyhow, we'll discuss it afterwards. We'll discuss yeah. it. All right. Uh, thank Everybody, you guys for listening. Have a lovely time. Thanks for joining. Right. It was a kind of long episode, but oh well. All right. Boop. All right.